0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: Spring is in the air, and that means it's time to refresh your wardrobe with the season's hottest trends at the Black Sheep Boutique. Don't blend in this spring. Stand out with the Black Sheep Boutique with two locations to serve you in Tupelo or Saltillo or online at the Black Sheep Boutique, Tupelo.com.
2: This is Gerard Gibbert, and thank you for listening to Middays here on Super Talk Mississippi.
0: Ready, get ready to go beyond the headlines.
2: And welcome to Midday Super Talk Mississippi. I'm your host Gerard Gibbert in the Super Talk studios today, along with Will East filling in for the vacationing Rhino. It is a Friday, y'all, as Rhino would say. Beautiful day today, Will, but it's supposed to deteriorate, is the weather. Oh, it is. I have not seen. Yeah, they're talking some rain tomorrow and then a possibility of snow oh and that bad stuff I, i heard paul and perez talking this morning when paul signed off saying that uh, he and i better
3: get us in the hotel room again you remember that saga last
4: year
5: <laughs>
3: i remember it quite well <laughs> february around valentine's day Yep, we were stuck in the Hilton here. <laughs> Ate all the Twix
2: bars and Nabs we could find. That's we survived on that for a few days. Did Perez and I, and uh, I only fell once in the parking lot.
3: <laughs> I remember I was on the phone with you. I think right before that, trying to get you a hotel room so you could do the show the next morning. And yeah, you said you had. Then you lost
2: your wallet. I lost my. I lost my money clip and uh, drove off. When I went to the other hotel to check in, finding that there was no uh, room at the inn there, and I said, oh gosh, I can't check in, I don't have any money, and I went back and it was, it was on the, in the breezeway on the c- concrete there, on the ice. Fortunately, lack of traffic probably is what, <laughs> because of the weather conditions. But nonetheless, let's hope all that stuff doesn't doesn't happen uh, this weekend. I wanted to start today's program if I may by uh, offering an apology to our audience uh, and it was has to do with an interview we had yesterday with Senator Daniel Sparks and we were discussing in great detail the uh, the tax reform legislation that uh, passed the house yesterday and, and going through all the the various, uh, provisions, and one of those that Senator Sparks pointed out when we looked at the analysis prepared by the Legislative Budget Office on this legislation had to do with the, uh, the two-year forecast for these are the increases of, uh, decreases I should say, of income tax, increases of the general sales tax, how all that nets out uh, and, and along with projected surpluses And one of the things that uh, we were a little perplexed about was the fact that the sales tax increase, which is scheduled to go in accordance with this bill from the present 7% to 8.5%, that the figures shown by the LBO were the same for the two years projected, and that was a little confusing. And I didn't catch it at the time in looking at that while we were on the air and it bothered me when I left here that I how, do, how could I not figure out what's going on there? Because I, I, f- I knew that it had been through too many competent hands to have been produced in error. And so I went to play golf yesterday after the show, and, and uh, about three holes into the round, it hit me. It occurred to me, oh, this is what's going on. I don't want to dive into all the accounting machinations here, but it is it does have to do with an accounting timing uh, issue is what it's called an accounting vernacular. H- here's all I'm going to say about it. Is I apologize for not figuring that out on the air. I did afterwards. I wanted to say that I've, I've gone back and reviewed all this data. I am totally satisfied that it is correct, mathematically, what is presented uh, in terms of the approach and the methodology. Not the numbers themselves. You can't predict down to the penny uh, figures like this, that, that is, uh, is just their estimates, their projections. But the approach and the math and the presentation thereof is accurate and is appropriate. And so I've also uh, been in touch with uh, Representative Trey Lamar on this matter and uh, also the Speaker of the House's Chief of Staff, Trey Dillinger, just to, to confirm with them the logic and my thought process, and we're, we're all in agreement and, and all agree and, and understand it now. There's consensus. So, anyhow, it's good to go. Apologize, I didn't catch that yesterday. Uh, got it today. Uh, we will continue to discuss this legislation. I know the speaker was on the air this morning with uh, Paul discussing it. It is headed over to the Senate. We'll see what happens over there. And then, if it passes, it probably comes back, you would expect, with some proposed amendments, they'll conference. I hope we get something done. I, I like this plan. I think it does address many of the concerns. It, it's a give and take, which is the way legislation should work, I believe. And uh, let's get this thing done for the state of Mississippi. So I just wanted to follow up on that. that as you can tell, probably that bothered me all night that I was unable to <laughs> uh, explain that and uh, uh, filter that out for our our audience and we want to be factual on matters like this, and it's not that we weren't. It's just that, gosh, when Senator brought that up, no, there's got to be a reason for that. It just it just didn't occur to me till about three hours later, starting to think it through all that stuff. And if we uh, if we fail to communicate something that's factual, let us know. I know our listeners on the text oh, line; yeah. they're pretty good about that. We we don't bat a thousand there, but we dang sure try to. Yeah. That is our goal. Six zero one eight seven nine is the C Spire text line. If you'd like to join the conversation, big show lined up today, Will. We've got uh, Pepper Crutcher, he's an attorney at Bausch & Bingham. If you haven't uh, heard folks, Pepper was on the program earlier this week um, discussing the Supreme Court hearings of the vaccine mandates, the Biden vaccine mandates. And so yesterday, if you haven't heard, folks, the Supreme Court uh, ruled to strike down the private sector vaccine mandate. However, they upheld the medical workers, the healthcare workers aspect of the vaccine. Really three mandates, once again, just a a little uh, background. Three different aspects to the order. One, vaccine mandates for private sector workers uh, in companies with more than 100 employees. And then mandates for workers in healthcare institutions that also participate in Medicare and Medicaid. And then there's the other one for federal contractors, a business that has contracts with the federal government, is required as well. The latter was not is not yet been brought up at the Supreme Court. I believe that's right, and we'll verify that with Pepper. But uh, the private sector, that's the big thing. It was struck down, and but the healthcare worker was was uh, sustained. So anyhow, it's going to be interesting to talk to Pepper about uh, his analysis of the ruling. And uh, also, you'll want to hear his, his uh, discussion of what the head of OSHA had to say. Not too happy about the Supreme Court. At 11.05, very timely conversation with Representative Lee Yancey. Lee, of course, uh, has been running point for the House of Representatives on the medical marijuana legislation, which uh, right before we went off the air yesterday... We were uh, watching the proceedings at the Senate, and it passed the Senate. A bill passed the Senate and is headed to the House uh, now. And so we'll talk to Representative Yancey about that. And then Senator Jennifer Branning joins us at 12.05. She represents Lake Neshoba in Winston Counties. We'll get her thoughts on the 2022 session, etc. But a couple of minutes left in this segment. It was not a, uh, a red-letter banner day for the president yesterday's vaccine mandates get struck down. You got Senators Kristen Cinema and Joe Manchin who've once again they've not doubled down, they've tripled down on their position. To retain and maintain the filibuster rule in the United States Senate, they, which,
3: which the Democrats used yesterday, by the way, they
2: used it and they used it. I think 302 times in 2020, <laughs> and we've played the clips of of uh, then Senator Joe Biden, who's who had a, you know fiery uh, speeches in the well there in the Senate, um, admonishing re- the possibility of Republicans at the time when he was in the Senate. Uh, for the uh, possibility of overriding it and eliminating that rule. And then the the most egregious is Senator Chuck Schumer in 2005. We might have to tee that one up again. I've sent it to you well when he says it would be doomsday. <laughs> and now he's running around the country saying it's the end of democracy. So it's doomsday in 05 if we get rid of the filibuster. Um, and But now it's the end of democracy if we don't get rid of the filibuster. So... Yeah. How can you trust someone that's just all over the map like that? It's, it's really kind of disgraceful, but that's how these politicians roll. We don't let them get away with it here on Middays. We'll step aside for a break right here. When we come back, Pepper Crutcher, attorney with Bosch and Bingham, vaccine mandates will be the discussion. Stay with us.
6: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, mostly sunny conditions, high near 64. Tonight, mostly cloudy, a little around 48. Your Saturday showers likely, high near 60 degrees. And for your Sunday, a 30% chance of snow and rain mix, mostly cloudy, high near 39. This weather brought to you by No Drip Roofing and Construction. With rain coming, let us show you what the No Drip difference is all about. No Drip Roofing and Construction, online at NoDripMS.com.
8: Start off the new year with explosive savings. Our new year celebration at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. In 2022, it's our resolution to continue our mission to give you the most savings possible every single day. That's right, we're here to get you the best deal possible on every Mitsubishi in stock. RidgelandMitsubishi.com with zero down. Pay only $289 per month on new 2022 Mitsubishi Mirage G4ESs. That's zero down on brand new 2022 Mitsubishi Mirage. We're also offering super low 1.9% financing for 72 months, which will save you thousands in finance charges. And don't forget about Ridgeland Mitsubishi's new. Lifetime powertrain warranty. That's right, a lifetime powertrain warranty only from Ridgeland Mitsubishi. Bring in your trade. We'll give you a whole lot for whatever you're driving, even if you don't buy a new one from us. So start off 2022 with explosive savings. During our New Year celebration at Ridgeland Mitsubishi, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. 1860 East County Line Road, call 896 9600 today or visit RidgelandMitsubishi.com. Remember, you're approved at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. We'll approve credit deal for details.
1: Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's
9: B-A-B-B-E-L.com. We expect our information in real time. U.S. Med carries continuous glucose monitors, which provide real-time readings of blood glucose levels. U.S. Med is an approved provider for Medicare and over 500 private insurers. So call 800-730-8405 today for a free insurance and Medicare benefits check. As easy as, that's 800-730-8405.
10: Tune in to Good Things with me, Rebecca Turner. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour, weekdays from two to three p.m. right here on Supertalk Jackson 97.3.
11: Check it out. Let's do it.
0: The talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert.
11: Let's get on
0: with it. On Super Talk Mississippi.
12: Mississippi.
2: and a ball by Def Leppard bumping us into this segment saw him perform live last time I went to see Journey yeah
3: awesome yeah
2: Def Leppard The drummer, you know, with one arm.
3: One arm. Does a drum solo for ten minutes. He's incredible,
2: too. They really are. Anywho, we are back in the studio here. Super Top Mississippi. Gerard and Will, who is in for the vacationing Rhino. We've got Pepper Crutcher. He is an attorney with Bosch and Bingham. Full disclosure, Pepper and I are longtime friends. And Pepper was a trusted counsel of my company's for. Decades. I'm almost ashamed to admit we've been working together that long, because it means we're getting old, is what it means. But uh, nonetheless, a uh, very valuable partner to our company. We appreciate that service, uh, Pepper. You. So uh, here we are, uh, less than 24 hours, I guess, right, from the Supreme Court coming out with a ruling striking down the vaccine mandate issued by President Joseph R. Biden for private sector workers employed by companies with more than 100 employees. On the other hand, sustaining the mandate for health care workers who work for institutions that participate in uh, government programs uh, such as Medicare and Medicaid, specifically Medicare and Medicaid,
13: right? CMS. Yes. If 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 you work for a provider. Of healthcare services, it's getting paid through a program administered by CMS. You should assume you're covered. Okay,
2: so break this thing down for us. The vote, I believe, on the private sector mandate uh, was six to three, on somewhat partisan lines
13: in terms of who appointed Republican or Democrat those justices. That's correct. Yes, I, I guess that one correctly. The more interesting break was between. Uh, the judges who went all the way to question the constitutionality of the statute, Gorsuch, Thomas, and Alito, and the judges who stopped short of that, Okay. Kavanaugh, hmm. Barrett, Roberts. Interesting. So, a little surprised
2: at, at uh, the sustaining of the CMS mandate, and that's where Kavanaugh and Roberts broke, right? It's what we're saying here, and, and sided with the liberal-leaning
13: justices. Y- yes. <laughs> um. For the moment. By the way, neither one of these decisions is a final decision on either of the mandates. Both of them were answering a narrow procedural question. In the OSHA case, it's whether or not the uh, state that was overturned by the Sixth Circuit should be reimposed pending final outcome. In the CMS case, it was whether we should overturn the stay that's been imposed below, pending the final outcome. Okay, So the result is, this getting all the way to the end of this, I don't see any way forward for OSHA to enforce this rule, even though that, that mm. was not a final ruling. Mm. The, 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 the six judges who agreed to strike enforcement currently wrote their opinion in such broad terms that I don't think OSHA can get around it by readopting the rule as an Administrative Procedure Act final rule. Um, I, I I just don't see any way forward for OSHA. Um, I think the result is going to be the same below. And I think Marty Walsh's tweet, Secretary of Labor Marty Walsh's yeah. tweet yesterday afternoon, which I I interpreted to be quite angry, um, corroborated that for me. You want to recite that for us? You well, sent it to I, me
2: I, and I read it I, and it's like this guy ain't happy. Let,
13: let, <laughs> <laughs> let me
2: read the last few words. Yeah, that'll. And be... I'm
13: quoting quote. Regardless of the ultimate outcome of these proceedings, OSHA will do everything in its existing authority to hold businesses accountable for protecting workers, including under the COVID 19 National Emphasis Program, the General Duty Clause. Now, I take that to be a finger wagging <laughs> saying, well, we can't enforce this rule, but you have a general duty employer to keep your employees safe oh. from recognized hazards in the workplace. And to the extent we can, we're going to enforce this rule under the general duty clause. Now, mm. if it was a stretch to enforce a rule that's specific, it's a much longer stretch to enforce the same rule under a general duty clause that's much more vague. Yeah, I don't think that's going to fly ultimately either. Yeah, uh, I think the challengers have a little bit better shot reversing the outcome below on the CMS mandate. They at least have a couple of things to argue that the Supreme Court didn't foreclose for them. One is the question of how to apply the statute that says that CMS has no authority to control conditions in terms of employment. Okay. Um, the dissent uh, spent a paragraph on that. The majority didn't say anything about that. So I think that's an open question below. Also, the majority leaned heavily on some statutes that expressly allow CMS to impose infectious controls measures hmm. um, on providers. Okay. Um, but those those statutes, there are a bunch of them, don't have the same language with regard to every type of provider. Hospitals has one statute, uh, ambulatory surgical clinics, nursing homes. There might be a way to slice and dice the people who are challenging this in a way that It might not apply to you because of the difference in statutory language. Now, again, I'd rather be on CMS's end of those rulings than on the challenger's rulings, but I don't think it's hopeless for the challengers below. Interesting. So a couple of things come to mind. Uh,
2: First is, uh, and I'll ask both questions first and then let you respond. What in the world is an employer supposed to do? And I know your job is to advise employers, but it, it sounds still a little squishy, and it sounds like OSHA has got their their sights set on trying to work around this ruling and find other ways to impose and and I guess fine within their scope of authority employers for for uh, not having their folks vaccinated but the other thing that comes to mind all kinds of revelations now certainly in the last month or so with omicron that vaccinated people can still spread they they can contract Uh, It is argued that uh, much less serious symptoms and disease, but they can also spread. So how can you say that by by being vaccinated, you're protecting the workplace if you're still shedding virus and can infect other people?
13: You know, uh, probably you ought to have a doctor or epidemiologist on to talk about that. (laughs) I'm just a lawyer, and I can tell you that politics and law always is lagging behind the facts. Okay.
2: But lawyers are going to seek... Expert testimony, i got to believe, yeah. from epidemiologists that say, well, yeah, because I keep wondering that, well, who are we protecting here exactly? Protecting the people who well,
13: aren't. Uh, we, I'm t- we, we protected a lot of small businesses who ought to be having pizza parties today. In fact, what I'm <laughs> telling my clients is... Don't assume your employees know that the law has changed and yeah. you don't have to fire them anymore. Okay. They may be quitting next week because they think you're about to have to fire them. Make sure they know Good that, point. that the law has changed and you are no longer under obligation to fire them if they won't mask and test or vaccinate. Good point. So you don't lose any more people than absolutely necessary. Okay. And then go have a
2: pizza party. So your advice to employers is make sure everybody's updated. Make sure updated. they know. Okay, yes. I understand. But is there anything they should do Uh, just to kind of be on standby or poised or staged in case they come up with some way to usurp this deal and come out? Is there anything they can do?
13: Uh, A lot of those people are also federal contractors. Um, And that's where my concern would be. In fact, as soon as I get out of here, that's where my research is going. I'm going to go read all the briefs and all the federal contractor cases. Uh, There are two cases in courts of appeal right now, the Eleventh Circuit and the Sixth Circuit. If I were one of those judges, I'd be asking for rebriefing of the issues now that we have the Supreme Court opinions. I can imagine that um, the government is going to say that the CMS case, because it's about the authority of the government as purchaser to regulate. Uh, yep. Controls the federal contractor case yep. because again it's about the part authority of the government as purchaser to regulate. Um, I don't know if that's a winning argument or not. I need to know more before I pronounce on that.
2: Yeah, so it sounds to me like the, I guess the fundamental question is: Can, can the government as uh, right as an acquirer can it stipulate certain requirements of its vendors in certain conditions be met by its? I mean that that's common as a vendor. I'm pretty familiar right. with that. And they can be extensive, yes. uh, but I guess the question is, uh, does requiring vaccinations uh, rise to the level of being reasonable
13: in terms of a condition? I don't know. That's a complicated legal question. Well, yes, and and it's a, a narrower question than the one that got Justice Roberts' attention, which is, should we analyze this? Narrowly, or should we look at this as the United States government trying to exercise a general police power over the population, which the Constitution does not give the United States government? Okay,
2: gotcha. All right, so. Wow, it's it was uh, so. What's the status, by the way, of the federal contractor mandate? That's that's in a different currently situation blocked. than these two. It's what it's blocked. currently blocked across the nation, all yes.
13: districts. Yes. Well, because of district court rulings, it's it's blocked nationwide. Okay. Except in federal buildings and on federal facilities. <laughs> so if you if you're working in a federal building or a federally controlled facility, it may still apply to you. Oh my gosh! This is so crazy. Uh, you want to hang around and talk sure. about this some more? Because yeah. I think
2: there's some other questions that employers may have about how to deal with this, and I know that's your your specialty and area of expertise. We got Pepper Crutcher. He's an attorney at Boston Bingham. We're talking about the SCOTUS rulings on the vaccine mandates. Not a good day for the president on that front. Stay with us. Signified.
7: Mississippi Ag is AgUp Equipment, your family-owned John Deere dealer since 1947. We're raising and uniting our brand to give our customers an unmatched dealer experience. Our service is backed by 16 locations, making Ag Up Equipment more accessible than ever before. We're upping our game by adding a new location just for you. Stay tuned. Leave it up to us at AgUp Equipment, in-store or online at agup.com.
6: 601 345 8090. That's 601
8: 345 8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. Family Termite is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk, Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's Handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon
7: Is your current home loan the right fit for you? Your historic low rates may be a great reason to refinance, but when matched with an expertly chosen loan from Loan Depot, you could be saving money and paying more towards the bottom line. Call a Loan Depot loan officer and ask about our 27-year smart term loan or our 10-year arm loan. Get a great rate matched with a great loan by calling 866 8 loan or visit LoanDepot.com at loan Depot, home means everything rates are subject to change call for cost information and conditions equal housing opportunity nmls
6: number 174457 licensed in all 50 states no drip roofing in construction the name says it all whatever mother nature can dish out no drip roofing in construction can take care of it with no deposits up front required 601-371-1051 601-371-1051
16: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The House passed legislation that would eliminate the state income tax Wednesday, and now it heads to the Senate for debate. Representative Trey Lamar told us in the first year it's implemented, the first 40000 a single individual makes won't be taxed. That would be 80000 for a married couple.
8: And even if you are a uh, retired person uh, that's currently not paying income tax, if you're a retired person living on a fixed income, you still save money under this plan.
16: The bill calls for a 50% reduction in car tags, and the sales tax on cars would remain 5%. So the only thing that would go up is the general sales tax, which would go from 7% to 8.5%. The grocery tax, currently 7%, would go down to 5.5%. For more information, find us online at supertalk.fm. I'm Kelly Bentley.
0: With Gerard Gibbons.
19: Welcome, welcome to our shop.
0: On Super Talk, Mississippi.
19: Okay, now
11: you have a good one. Thank
2: you so much for joining us on midday Super Talk Mississippi. Gerard and Will East in the studio. Don't forget, we got some three doors down tickets to give away later on in the program. We've got Pepper Crutcher, attorney, Balsham Bingham, longtime counsel of uh, my old company and uh, an expert in all things employment and labor law. We're just talking about the vaccine mandates. All right, so. Your thoughts on why uh, Justices Gorsuch and Roberts, right, went in the other direction on the CMS, the health care workers mandate, sustaining that one, but
13: voting against and of to strike down the private sector. Well, mainly. like what we were discussing off-air, you remember the line from The Hunt for Red October by Kevin Spacey, who is a, <laughs> the presidential assistant, who said two things about politicians. We kiss babies, and we leave our options open. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think they you. wanted to leave the option open to huh. say, hey, we didn't say Congress doesn't have the power. We said when Congress uses this power, it's so rare and so broad, it should be exercised very clearly. Okay. And there were some statutes in the CMS case, applicable to many of the providers, that did say that CMS has the authority to impole, impose infection control measures on those providers. Okay. And vaccination is an infection control measure. So I think they were trying to leave their options open for future cases. Yeah. Because it's you know none of us can see the future. We we don't know what what we can't imagine happening. And. So you leave your options open. Okay. I think that explains their votes.
2: So is there likely... So what happens from a legal perspective here, Pepper, is uh, now that the, the uh, private sector mandate's been struck down at the highest court in the land, can it resurface? I mean, can it come back up? Can there be an appeal? How does that work?
13: Well, I don't think OSHA can just recast it as a final rule under the Administrative Procedure Act and and uh, pass muster. I think okay. the Supreme Court has foreclosed that option. Could they wait? months or a year, and then amidst a new surge, come up with some new rule that they run through the Administrative Procedure Act instead of as an emergency temporary standard, and get a wholly new kind of review. I think that's possible. I Hmm. think they've learned a lot and would probably do things differently. They would probably have not one rule, but several rules applicable to different kinds of industries, more narrowly focused. Uh, I think that's not out of the question they could do that. Hmm.
2: So, once again, but an employer, they just got to carry on with business. So let me ask you this question. I, I saw this morning where Nike fired, I don't know the number, but it was, uh, I want to say it was like 170 is the number that comes to mind. But they fired a number of their employees because of, a, of an internal policy that requires employees to be vaccinated. They just went, This is not because of any federal mandates or federal regulations, uh, just on their own accord. It's a private company. Are they within their right to do that?
13: Well, it would depend on state law and whether okay. or not those employees have contracts, either individual contracts or union contracts that might have something to say about that. Okay. But assuming there's no state law impediment and there's no contract provision that limits the employer's authority, yes, the employer can do that. Um, and you know, because of the condition of the economy, uh, those employees who want to work will have jobs tomorrow. Um, everybody I know is begging for labor. Yeah.
2: It's just from a practical perspective, from an economic perspective, it just down, doesn't sound like the smart thing to do. I've even read reports that there are some hospitals that are now allowing their infected employees, due to the shortage of healthcare workers, to work at the facility, but they're, they're only allowed to interact with infected patients so it's infected healthcare workers that are servicing and and caring for infected patients
13: it's not just yeah i have great sympathy for healthcare providers but it's not just healthcare providers it's other people who are performing absolutely essential functions yeah. who are faced with only bad choices they can make and i am not going to be one who criticizes folks who have no good choices available to them
2: yeah and that's what's going on here so i I've, I've thought from the beginning look the market will sort this thing out if they If uh, companies put those requirements in place and they can't staff their company in a way that allows them to produce the profit they need to to maintain, well, then they'll make adjustments, or they'll go out of business. Essentially, unless the market has an interesting way of kind of curing those situations. It, you know, it's
13: not just it's not just the the companies that are in business; it's us consumers. You know, would you like to see bread on your shelf when yeah. you go to the grocery? Yeah. Well, That's... you need a truck driver. You yeah. need somebody baking the bread. Absolutely, yeah. good point. Yeah. Uh,
2: so. Should the state of Mississippi, and maybe this is an unfair question to get your opinion on this, but should the state of Mississippi, should it look at passing a law that would prohibit a private sector company from instituting uh, a mandate such as this, a vaccination
13: mandate? Um, Speaking for none of my clients and for no organization with which I'm affiliated, I think that would probably be a bad idea. One of the things the Mississippi government has been pretty consistent about is trying not to regulate conditions of employment, except at the far margins, um, where things are really out of control and really have an uh, adverse public effect. Um, I, I suspect that would not go down well in the legislature. Yeah.
2: Well, I know there's uh, there's members of uh, the citizens of the state of Mississippi I've seen that have actually held rallies, you know, for for such a uh, an effort, calling on state leaders and legislators to pass a law that would. And there are members of the legislature that I know that favor this. My concern is, what's next? What what next are you going to throw at us? Private sector uh, employers that is just meets your. Your whims, I guess, in that respect. So that that can be as, as egregious, even though I understand the, the noble, the virtuous aspect of it, it uh, is something else. You may think, "I oh, we just want these employers to do this." That's overregulation from government, and in, in my view, let the private
13: sector and the market work that out. It, there's never been a better time to be a fired employee. <laughs> no question about it. Never. That's a good point.
2: Uh, so, uh, it, you know, from a personal perspective in your profession, is
13: your phone ringing off the wall dealing with this matter? <laughs> <laughs> Just got to ask you. Uh, n- no. No? Uh, no, no. Um, and, and and here's why. Um, uh, I, I I am the one who's communicating to my clients. I have regular Zoom sessions with my clients. Okay. Um, and so my phone's not ringing because they're hearing from me okay. several times You're a week. You're proactive. Uh, yes. And you always have been. Yeah, so. Yes. And the other thing, the reason I'm not hearing a lot from my clients <laughs> is the people who keep me, people like me busy, the, the people who mess up at work, get fired, blame their employer and sue, they're not working right now. <laughs> ah, that's <laughs> a good point. That's right. Your core employees who you depend on, who are responsible, conscientious, will drive through snow and ice to get to work. Because that's just how they're wired. Those are the people who are working. They don't mess up. They don't cause problems.
2: <laughs> I never right. thought about that. That is an excellent point. Uh, but now that you mention it, as an employer, I get that. Thank God I didn't have that much of that. You know in my who those career. people are? I you? absolutely do. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Well, I, I hadn't thought about that. So. You know, one thing though that this has done, it would seem, in in uh, your line of work and your practice area, is it's just kind of introduced a uh, just a whole new subject matter to it.
13: Is that fair to say? Uh, y- yes. Well, what when I started this back in 1982, what I considered overreaching federal regulation wouldn't get noticed today.
2: <laughs> I can see that. Right. Boy, if we ever come a long oh, way. Yeah. And, and uh, no question. Yeah. Because those, uh, those bureaucrats, that's what they do. They make laws, and, they, and then that uh, drives promulgation of rules and regulations. The regulation. ratchet
13: only turns one way, that's and it just exactly never stops right.
2: turning. It doesn't go the other way. Right. It's almost like, well... We reduced our budget. No, you just reduced the increase in the budget. We reduced regulations. No, you just you pared down the amount of new regulations.
13: You know, one of the biggest educations of my career has been when I started reading the Federal Register every morning, uh, starting in June 2014 when the NFIB versus Sibelius ACA mm-hmm. decision came down, Yeah, my eyes were open to how much our government thinks it has the competence and resources to regulate and how ridiculous that idea is. You just wouldn't believe. I found out yesterday, until yesterday, our government had a federal rule on French dressing. Huh? Yeah. What can call itself French dressing? <laughs> There's a lobbying association that, that, that prevailed on a federal agency to create a rule on what is French dressing. you got to be kidding me. <laughs> oh, oh, and there, there, there are thousands and thousands of more rules that are that silly. Yeah.
2: And somebody, uh, well, a lot of folks are getting paid and making a living off chasing stuff like that. And buying lots of steak dinners for for uh, lawmakers, members of Congress
13: to put stuff like that in laws and who, bills. Who is the Mississippi legislator this is probably back in the seventies, who, who was talking answer question about what's it take to pass a bill, and he said lots and lots of whiskey and crustaceans.
2: <laughs> crustaceans <laughs> Yeah, I think it's I think it's beef now. <laughs> Of course, that's getting pretty expensive. So, anyhow, uh, appreciate uh, as always, Pepper, the insight and uh, the information there. That was uh, that was quite valuable. Hope our audience enjoyed it as much as I did. And we'll I'm uh, sure be talking to you more and talking to you soon about this. Thank Pepper you. Crusher, attorney Bosch Bingham, has been talking to us about the vaccine mandates and the Supreme Court's ruling on such. We'll be right back on midday. Stay with us.
17: We're planning a trip to Spain later this year.
19: But our Spanish
17: is uh... <laughs> pretty bad. So, we're using Babbel.
19: Babbel's conversation-based method teaches you real-life words and phrases, and with Babbel's interactive bite-sized lessons, you'll remember what you learned. There's no easier way to learn another language. Ahora hablamos español.
17: He just said, "Now he speaks Spanish."
19: Babbel: Language for life. Now try Babbel for free. Just go to babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com.
10: Us at the fabulous Mayflower Cafe in downtown Jackson for lunch daily. Specials include Wednesday pot roast, Thursday chicken and dumplings, and everyday grilled catfish. The Mayflower serves the freshest seafood for lunch and dinner, Tuesday through Friday, and dinner only on Saturday. BYOB, the Mayflower Cafe, downtown Jackson, a Mississippi tradition since 1935. Get a bottle of our world-famous comeback dressing and a gift card, the
15: perfect gift every time.
1: The new degree of comfort.
21: This is the opening Agri-Market report. The open of the New York Cotton Exchange. March cotton was up 143 to 11827. May cotton was up 100 to 11547. The open of the Chicago Board of Trade. March soybeans were down eight and three quarters to 1368 and a half per bushel. May soybeans were down eight and a half to 1378 and three quarters per bushel. March corn was down a penny to 5.86 and a half per bushel. May corn was down one and a quarter to 5.88 and a quarter per bushel. At the mercantile, April live cattle was up two cents to one forty one even. June live cattle was down two cents to one thirty six eighty two. March feeders, Down 70 to 166.02. April feeders down 45 to 170.02. And at this hour in the open, Dow Jones is down 231 points, 35,882. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk Mississippi Agri-News Network.
5: The Mississippi Lottery is introducing a new daily draw game. It's called Cash 4. And if you know how to play Cash 3, you know how to play Cash 4. It's just that easy. You can play for 50 cents or a dollar, with winnings from $100 all the way up to $5,000. And you can play every day, with drawings at the same time as Cash 3. Play Cash 4 and win more. Have fun, y'all. Gambling Prom, Call
20: 1-800-522-4700. This isn't what gets a cotton grower up. What gets a cotton grower up isn't made of plastic-covered electronics. It's made of heart, determination, The calling that doesn't need a buzzer. Because you know early is the key to success. Stoneville Cotton knows too. It gets out of the ground earlier and establishes a healthy stand quicker. So it's less vulnerable to weeds, weather, and insects. For a stronger finish, own the early with Stoneville Cotton. BASF. We create chemistry. Always read and follow label directions.
14: Richard Cross. Be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State. Every day from three until six, right here on Super Talk Jackson (laughs) 97.3. Properly set all controls before recording. All systems go. The talk that
0: keeps Mississippi talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. Woo! Uh
20: Life. But now I'm a Main Way past 21.
2: welcome back everyone midday super top Mississippi baby, baby. Not... Gerard and Will East in the studio as Rhino would say on this Friday y'all yes we are awaiting uh, the incoming weather that's going to change the situation out there is what we're hearing. Uh, I'm supposed to be, by the way, in DeSoto County on Monday. Mandy Gunascara is going to fill in, and I'm up there speaking. But I'm worried about getting up there. I just talked to the individual that has uh, uh, coordinated this, and we're going to be in touch and make sure the roads are passable and it's safe and all that sort of stuff. But, gosh, I'm not, uh, I'm not into another ICE event had enough twicks and nabs <laughs> <to> last <laughs> last year to, to last a while. Question on the ceasefire text line which is of course 601-879-4395. What about those local vendors and contractors such as those that visit occasionally like outsourced paper shredders, delivery personnel, janitors, etc. that work with the medical facilities but aren't employed directly by the medical facilities? Again, remember, the the, uh, Supreme Court ruling yesterday uh, uh, struck down the mandate for private sector employers with more than 100 employees, but it sustained the one where health care providers have a relationship with uh, CMS, the uh, federal federal agency CMS, but it only applies to the employees. I did a little research on that, and I will verify this with Pepper. uh, looked at about three sources on that on the break, and it, and it appears very directly that situation is addressed that only the employees. Now, that does not mean that, as Pepper shared, a, a private sector uh, employee uh, or private sector company that has the relationship with these third parties, they could, of course, require as a condition of being a vendor to the company, they could require that that company's workers, or perhaps the ones that with whom they interact, that uh, come on site to their facilities be vaccinated. But uh, they're, they're within their right uh, to uh, stipulate such requirements. Anyhow, yesterday <laughs> was not a good day, as we talked about, for the President. A couple of things as he had the vaccine mandates struck down. That didn't go well. Wasn't his plan. He had uh, Senator Sinema and Manchin, as we discussed earlier, say that they are not going to get on board with killing the filibuster. Um, and so what overall, it was not a good deal, and he's getting, he's getting some degree of backlash, even from the left-wing media, about his ridiculous, fiery speech on voting rights in Atlanta earlier this week. This is what press, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki had to say
22: about it. So
3: the sense is things are going well, there's nothing for change right now.
1: I think that uh, having worked in a White House before, uh, you do hard things in White Houses. Um, you have every challenge uh, at, your, at your feet, laid at your feet, whether it's global or domestically. Uh, and we could certainly propose legislation to see if people uh, support Bunny Rapids and ice cream, but that wouldn't be very rewarding to the American people. So the president's view is we're going to keep pushing for hard things, and we're going to keep pushing the boulders up the hill
2: to get it done. I'm thinking President Biden would be on board with the ice cream part of that deal, at least. he love him some ice cream. <laughs> that, can you believe that came out of the White House press secretary? I just bunny rabbits yes, You can, can. <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. So, the other thing that happened yesterday that I thought was interesting is Fauci was up there on the Hill. and And so, one of the senators... Is asking, uh, is questioning Fauci's integrity, which has been a lot lately. And one of those senators, Senator Roger Marshall, a Republican from Kansas, he wanted to know about Fauci's uh, financial disclosures. So so this is a really short clip. Listen very carefully. Fauci didn't know the mic was on. See if you can catch what he says here.
7: Senator Moran. What a moron. Senator Moran. What a moron.
2: Jesus Christ. (laughs) In case you didn't catch that, it's what a moron. Jesus Christ. That's what Fauci is saying. (laughs) He's not happy about Marshall calling him out. And he just gets so indignant and so apoplectic, you know, when he's questioned about anything. I'm perfect. I know everything. I'm right. You're wrong. Sit down. Shut up. People just aren't responding well. We got later on in the program uh, three clips we're going to play from uh, Joe Biden's speech yesterday. Uh, They are disturbing, to say the least, just about his uh, sort of mental acuity. But we got Supertalk News and Fox News coming your way now. And after that, Representative Lee Yancey, we're going to talk about the medical marijuana bill that passed the Senate yesterday. Stay with us. Middays will return.
0: For Ole Miss Sports, WFMN, Flora Jackson, Super Talk, Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Barone's Tree Pros, 601 345 8090.
22: Fox News, I'm Chris Foster. President Biden has met again with Senators Joe Manchin and Kyrsten Sinema about their opposition to changing Senate rules to pass voting rights legislation.
10: Around 10 o'clock last night, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer canceled plans for the Senate to take up action on voting rights in the filibuster over the weekend and on Monday, and he cited COVID and a winter storm coming in. But very few people are buying that after the president hosted Senators Manchin and Sinema here at the White House last night as some sort of a last-ditch effort to try to get to an agreement. And obviously. Obviously, it went nowhere.
22: Fox's Jackie Heinrich. Novak Djokovic has his visa revoked again with the Australian Open tennis tournament coming up.
14: A court hearing Sunday will determine once and for all if Novak Djokovic, unvaccinated against COVID-19, can avoid deportation so he can compete at the Australian Open, where he's the three-time defending champion and is scheduled to play a first-round match
1: Monday.
22: Fox's Jared Max. America's listening to Fox Fox News.
8: facebook
16: i'm kelly bennett and you're listening to super talk mississippi news critical race theory has been a hot topic this year with elected officials like governor tate reeves saying they want to get rid of it
22: uh dear in my executive budget recommendation that i released just six weeks ago uh, we called on the mississippi legislature to uh, outlaw any teaching of crt in the state of mississippi and i'm hopeful that the Uh, The legislature, when they come in uh, tomorrow, will get to work on on doing exactly that.
16: Legislators like House Speaker Philip Gunn have openly said they're working to ban the practice, but according to State Superintendent of Education, Dr. Carrie Wright, there's nothing to ban. This is what she told the Senate Education Committee Wednesday. But let me reiterate, we are not teaching critical race theory in our
2: social studies standards. Period.
16: The end. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Kelly Bennett.
15: Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment. By comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go license. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at
3: MSBOC.us. Prevention providers such as insurance agents and doctors are necessary, but they're not free. Another is 811. By calling 811 before you dig, pull a stump, or erect a mailbox, you could be preventing a call to 911. This service is free, and free is a beautiful thing.
21: Hello, I'm Sam
3: Johnson
2: from Mississippi 811. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero
4: damages, zero injuries.
16: A new body image program offered at South Haven Middle School is being discontinued after parents raised concerns. One of them told WMC News her 8th grade daughter came home with a permission form that explained that counselors were introducing the program to address the negative effects that young girls suffer when they try to live up to an ideal body shape. They had planned to offer girls donated items like health products, literature and bras. It was the offer of shapewear that some parents felt missed the mark. Officials decided that despite the program's positive intent, it was best to discontinue it. The Mississippi Civil Rights Museum and Museum of Mississippi History are offering free admission January 16th and 17th in honor of Martin Luther King Jr. Day. They'll be open from 11 to 5 Sunday the 16th and 9 to 5 Monday the 17th. Visitors will be required to wear face masks and observe social distancing guidelines while inside the building. I'm Kelly Bennett.
14: Hey, it's Richard Cross from Sports Talk Mississippi. Don't miss the college football fix every day at 5 o'clock driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Speaking of Ford, the trucks of the future were built for everyone. The Ford F-Series, America's best-selling trucks for 44 years straight. Built for performance and capability on and off-road. The trucks of the future are not built for a few. They are built for America. Ford F-Series. Drive one today. Stop by your local Mississippi Ford dealer for more details.
19: This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to The Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3, Super Talk Jackson.
15: Get ready,
0: get ready to go beyond the headlines and join a meaningful conversation with people from around the state. Hello, hello, hello. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi.
5: Well, they'll stone you when you're trying to be so good. They'll stone you, just like they said they would. They'll stone you when you're walking on the street. They'll stone you when you're trying to keep your seat. They'll stone you when you're trying to make a buck. They'll stone you, and then they'll say good luck. They'll stone you when you're riding in your car. They'll stone you when you're playing your guitar. But I would not feel so all alone Everybody must get stoned.
2: <laughs> <laughs> senator Kevin Blackwell on the Senate floor yesterday, of course, uh, changing the words up a little bit to the famous uh, Bob Dylan tune uh, from the '60s, I think it was. Uh, if he could, uh, that's pretty good, pretty creative on the part of the senator. Would uh, have loved to heard it with a little bit more of the Bob Dylan. Uh, kind of tone. The twang, you know. Yeah, you know. the twang through the nose there. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> Perfect intro for us on uh, Hour 2 of Middays on this Friday. Gerard Gibbert, Will East, in the Super Top Studios. Joining us now, Representative Lee Yancey. He serves District 74. That's uh, Rankin County. And uh, let's see, Lee, it's the, is it the Drug Committee, specifically, is what it's called? The Drug the Policy Drug Committee. Policy Committee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Drug Committee, pardon mm-hmm. me on that. Mm-hmm. All right, so this thing passed the Senate yesterday. That uh, broke right before we went off the air during uh, middays yesterday. Rhino and I were watching the proceedings uh, uh, live from the Senate broadcast, uh, video uh, feed of that. And uh, so it came down. What was the vote?
4: I think there were five against. So if there are 52 members, my math was 47 to 5. Yeah.
2: All right. So 47 to 5, the bill passes. And I I guess the most notable aspect of the bill in terms of how it differs from Initiative 65, and I'll let you talk about this, but the the one that I I think was intended to, the change, intended to, addressed the governor's concerns was the amount that a person who would be certified to purchase medical marijuana could acquire in a month. Uh, Initiative 65 uh, called for five ounces, and the bill amended that to be 3.5. Is that
4: correct? Correct. We had already amended it to be 4 ounces a month, and okay. so we just reduced it at one more half ounce. Okay. So 3.5 grams is still the daily unit for smokable flour. Grams. 3.5. Yeah, not to confuse with the
2: 3.5 ounces per month. Is that
4: right? Right. Yeah, That's, 3.5 yeah. grams yeah. per yeah. day. Yeah. So 3.5 grams is an eighth of an ounce. Okay. So we're working on the eighth. Still working on the eighth. That's an industry standard. And we were allowing eight units per week, and we reduced that to seven units per week. So basically, you're getting one unit per day now instead of just a little bit over one unit per day. Okay. And so uh, that comes out to be, I think, comes out to be 0.875 ounces per week, which is 3.5 ounces per four-week period. Uh, So, we have reduced the amount, uh, you know, just to try to move in the direction the uh, governor uh, asked us to move into. And we're trying to all work together and sing kumbaya and and get this done. What do you think now? Comes over to the House. You think it uh, will pass as is? What do you expect? I expect there to be uh, spirited debate. I expect (laughs) there to be uh, amendments offered and possibly in committee as well as on the floor. Uh, it was an educational experience for me to sit in the Senate uh, committee the other day and hear the types of questions that were asked of Senator Blackwell and uh you know and it helped me to to form in my mind how I would answer those questions and some of those I had anticipated and some of those uh, caused me to think a little bit and that was good it stretched me a little bit and and uh you know helps me to be more prepared and then I listened to the debate on the Senate floor uh, on my phone, and then I got there towards the end of the debate, and I was on the floor when it did pass. And so I was able to hear uh, many of those arguments as well, and all of which uh, makes me better prepared to handle this on the House floor. Yeah. Now, we should also clarify, because you and I have discussed
2: this somewhat uh, offline, you've spent some time over the – more than some time over the last several months uh, since the debate has has, uh, continued – endured on this. you spent some time learning and investigating other states' programs as as input and to gain knowledge and understand what works, what's not. What did you learn through that? Did you talk to any states or any representatives from states that said, you
4: know, if we had it to do all over again, we wouldn't have done this or we would have done that? Often we're compared to Oklahoma and some of the problems that they're having. And I would just like to make some comparisons. Oklahoma allows eight ounces per month. We're talking about allowing three and a half ounces per month. Okay. Oklahoma has just now installed a seed-to-cell tracking program from 2018 to 2021. They didn't know how much they were growing, how much was being produced, how much was going out the back door. They had no idea. So we should point out, uh, before you go further, that is required uh, in our bill. That's required in the bill. In bill. Yeah, in the, okay. bill. The, the, the marijuana that's grown is going to be tracked from the time it's planted until the time that it's sold at a dispensary or destroyed, depending on whether or not it it needs to be destroyed for whatever reason, whatever part of the plant, so that it has this number assigned to it from the beginning that follows it all through the growth process, all through the processing, the packaging, uh, into the product, so that, uh, let's say there's a problem with a batch, and there's a batch that has fungus in it or something, and they'll be able to pull every product that was made from a particular plant and trace it back to where it was grown Hmm. so that that problem can be addressed. Hmm. And, of course, that shouldn't happen because we have a a thorough testing process along the way that looks for uh, these kinds of deficiencies in the plant and the product to pull them and have them disposed of properly along the way. But it also helps if if law enforcement stops someone and they have... Uh, Obviously, over the amount of uh, allowable uh, medical cannabis, uh, they can look at that product and they can trace it back to where it was grown, where it was processed, what dispensary it was sold to, and who it was sold to. And they can go back and follow that chain of possession and figure out. Uh, where it went from legal to illegal. Yeah. And so it's it's a great way to keep up with it. Oklahoma did not have that until this year. They finally got smart. So they're allowing eight ounces a month. We're allowing three and a half. Um, they allow home grow in Oklahoma. We're not. They allow people to grow marijuana in their homes. Uh, and, you know, maybe if a state was a, a recreational adult use uh, you know, but there's really no way to regulate that. There's no way to keep up with who's doing it legally, who's got a license, who doesn't have a license. Oklahoma allows outdoor growth. There's that's hard to regulate as well. We're talking about a medical product that needs to be uh, needs to be grown so that. For instance, if you if you grow outside, you're probably in Mississippi gonna get one crop per year, depending on how the weather is. Okay. If you grow it indoors, you can sort of fool the plant and you put it in a dark room and use lights, bright lights, and have Have it so that the the plant thinks it's nighttime before it actually is, and and then it flowers before it would if it were outside, like a traditional hot house. Sure. So you get three to four crops a year. So even if we allowed outdoor grow, the indoor grows would put the outdoor grows out of business on volume alone. uh, Particularly if there was a bad year where something Mm. where where there was a drought or there was a hurricane. Um, So uh, you know, Oklahoma allows outdoor grow, indoor grow, home grow. We're simply indoor grow. Uh, their licenses were only $2,500 to do any of it in Oklahoma. We have some licenses that are based on square footage, uh, and it requires quite a commitment to get in the medical cannabis business. Um, But we have also put in some categories so the average person could get in it as well. So we've tried to say from, from the least to the greatest, uh, you know, you could, you could build a facility as large as a super Walmart if you're willing to pay for the license. Yeah. Uh, but you can get in and have a a facility under a thousand square feet and start out for $3,500. You could have your, you could have your license for the first year and then $2,000 for every year after that. So, um, you know, we've worked hard to try to make this something that could, Uh, Be accessible to to not only the patient, but also to the business side of it for people to get involved in it and and put all kinds of safeguards in there so that so that we could have a program that that didn't have the kinds of problems that we've seen in some of the other states. Uh, Oklahoma decriminalized up to one and a half ounces, and we didn't. You know, we have we have enhanced penalties on our program. If you break the law uh, in our, you're participating in our program, and you break the law in some way, not only is there a penalty for that, but it's 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 added to the penalty that already exists for marijuana. So yeah. you know, so so we're trying to. Uh, build a strong fence around this and make sure it's only available for those who have these debilitating conditions. We're putting a program in place for people with cancer and multiple sclerosis and ALS and on and on and on, but people who have genuine debilitating illnesses who need the relief that medical cannabis can provide and give them give doctors an alternative to opioids for prescribing uh, to these people to relieve them of their pain. Yeah, and we
2: should talk about uh, when we come back after
4: the break, just uh, the
2: process by which a patient uh, follows in order to receive certification to acquire medical marijuana. Uh, and then I got more questions for you as well. Appreciate you coming in here today. Representative uh, Lee Yancey is our guest. We're talking about the medical marijuana bill that passed the Mississippi Senate yesterday. Middays will come right back. Yeah, man.
8: Start off the new year with explosive savings during our New Year celebration at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. In 2022, it's our resolution to continue our mission to give you the most savings possible every single day. That's right. We're here to get you the best deal possible on every Mitsubishi in stock. RidgelandMitsubishi.com. With zero down, pay only two eighty nine dollars per month on new 2022 Mitsubishi Mirage G4ESs. That's zero down on brand new 2022 Mitsubishi Mirage. We're also offering super low 1.9% financing for 72 months, which will save you thousands in finance charges. And don't forget about Ridgeland Mitsubishi's new lifetime I'm power train warranty. That's right, a lifetime powertrain warranty only from Ridgeland Mitsubishi. Bring in your trade. We'll give you a whole lot for whatever you're driving, even if you don't buy a new one from us. So start off 2022 with explosive savings during our New Year celebration at Ridgeland Mitsubishi, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. 1860 East County Line Road. Call 896-9600 today or visit RidgelandMitsubishi.com. Remember, you're approved at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. We'll approve.
19: Hi, I'm Dr. Will Umphlett with Capital Dental. We at Capital Dental want you to be confident in a bright and healthy smile that you can be proud of. We provide teeth whitening to brighten your smile. Book your appointment today at CapitalDentalInc.com. Capital Dental, located in Northeast Jackson on Lakeland Drive. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk.
6: Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville tennessee catfish hush puppies and fried dill
0: pickles for a flipping good time come down to cock of the walk
19: i like chicken i like fish i like hush puppies i love it catfish is excellent for a
0: flipping good time come down to cock of the walk
7: hello here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning 6 to 9 breaking news quick shots analysis all right here on Super Talk jackson 97.3 The talk that keeps
0: Mississippi talking. We're rolling.
11: Hit it. Go. Play it.
0: Midday's with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Chicago, bumping us into this segment. We'll love Chicago. He's always good about playing. I do, too. Danny Serafin, the famous drummer for Chicago, was one I tried to emulate. Not quite as good as him when I was a youngster. Uh, Anyhow, played double bass. Rogers drums. Oh, well. I digress. Uh, Malcolm from Tishomingo County asked, How did Senator Daniel Sparks vote on the marijuana bill? I do not think he was amongst the five that voted against it.
4: I think he- was, he voted in favor, I think yeah, I
2: think that's that's right as well. We'll see if we can verify that but i I think the folks that uh, opposed it and voted against it did not include senator sparks he he supported it so uh there's another question here. Uh, James in Hattiesburg regarding the tracking: Will the marijuana come in a pill dispenser type bottle with a barcode on it? How, how's the how's the tracking systems work? And is this, this anything that the state of Mississippi is inventing here? These systems are widely used. Sure. in
4: Sure. Well, the Department of Health has is coming out with well, the regulations, but what I've seen in other states is everything comes in a a childproof container, you know, that has the the label on it that says uh, how much THC is in the product and what the weight of the product is, and uh, there's a warning label on there as well. And if it's higher than a certain uh, THC level, it's got to say this is you know extremely potent. You know, yeah. nothing on the label can can be geared uh, towards children. Nothing there's you know all of the edibles have to be in geometric shapes and they can't be in the shape of a gummy bear or you know anything like that or a heart it's it's got to be just a you know triangle square whatever yeah um so you know that's and yeah
2: all right so did you actually talk to officials from Oklahoma just to kind I did. of wanted. to I y'all, did. all right and did they tell you man i sure do wish we would have implemented for example a seed to sell tracking system i wish we would not have absolutely allowed eight I mean, ounces. Th- they,
4: they want their to you know they want good press they don't want bad press Yeah, and, and they've and, gotten and, a lot and, of bad and press. basically you know they were operating within the legal framework which they were given yeah and so you know the the legislators in oklahoma are now you know trying to get it fixed okay
2: Uh, But there are other states that uh, assume that you... Uh, had discussions with that said
4: they were pleased with their situation. And there are states that have done it right. And, uh, you know, we we looked at other states' programs, and we took different parts of the bills from different parts of other states. Like, for instance, we used Missouri's medical cannabis unit to come up with our medical cannabis unit, Okay, which was the allowable unit was 3.5 grams of flour or 1 gram of concentrate or 100 milligrams in an infused product. That's your edibles. And, uh, you know, we thought that that was – uh, a good way to go, and um, Missouri did that, so did several other states. And um, you know, I knew that if I could understand that particular formula, then I could understand this bill. Yeah. So I really, you know, drill down and, and tried to figure that out. You know, what does this actually mean? What is one gram of concentrate? And basically when they are making these concentrated products, they can do it mechanically or they can do it chemically. Mechanically they can just squeeze it so that the juice comes out of the plant and then when the juice when they apply heat to it and dry it, the powder that's left is a concentrated uh, form of the THC that's more potent than just the flour, and so we're allowing less of that than we are of just the smokable flour. I got you. Or, or you can extract it chemically by using a solvent where you uh, you you can use CO2 or you can use butane or propane. I think Old Miss uses hexane to do theirs, where you're stripping the product down, uh, and then you uh, basically evaporate away the solvent, and what you have left is the uh, concentrated product there and then when you put it into a food product there are other you know it's basically a chemistry lab that's going to be set up in these processing plants uh, to extract the thc to to make these products whether they are hand creams or whether they're lotions or they're, they're tinctures or drops that go wow. under your tongue or it's a transdermal patch or a suppository or, I mean, you name it, if it's a nebulizer or a, uh, a vape cartridge, uh, you know, there, there are so many different delivery systems for medical cannabis and every drug, really, uh, but, you know, those are things I didn't know and had to had to learn about through the process. That's, uh gets a little into the weeds, no pun intended, weeds, yeah. uh, shall we say. <laughs> there you go.
2: Okay, pun intended. <laughs> Got you to laugh. We've Will. been hashing
4: it out for a while. So <laughs> why, why, why,
2: why. <laughs> you going to be here all week? Yeah. Huh? Um, <laughs> all right, so this thing is uh, now headed to the house.
4: It is. Yep, yeah, and... You, uh, so what's the procedure there? So the procedure, yesterday the bill in the Senate was held on a motion to reconsider uh, so that if there are any, uh, you know, as many eyes are, are going to be on this bill through over the weekend, if there's a typo or there's a place where 60 days was supposed to be changed to 120 days in five places, but we only changed it in four, somebody would catch it. They're trying to get all of these technical things looked at, and so the Senate was not uh, in session. They went home yesterday. Uh, so Monday when they get back they'll table a the motion to reconsider uh, which will then send the bill to the speaker. The speaker will get the bill probably on Tuesday uh, at which time he will begin the process of assigning it to a committee. I believe that's going to be the Drug Policy Committee, the committee that I chair. And then once he assigns that to my committee I will call a committee meeting and we will take it up in committee and assuming we pass it in committee then we'll be on the calendar to be dealt with on the floor of the house okay what's your expectation there my expectation is that it will pass the committee meeting Uh, it will pass out of committee Uh, it will go to the floor of the house and my expectation is that it will pass and if it passes exactly as it is now it'll go straight to the governor if we make a change or two uh, it'll go back to the senate and Mm -hmm. so we will we will work it out until we get it in a way that both sides are comfortable. What do you think the governor's going to do? I think the governor's going to, I mean, the governor's going to do what he's going to do. I mean, I'm not going to predict. Uh, you know, he's got three options, and uh, two of them allow the bill to pass. And, yep. um uh, so, you know, I think he's been concerned about the amount uh, that we were allowing, and there, there are, you know, there's a good segment of our state that's, that's concerned about the, the, the amount that's allowed and, and, and has concerns, and we all have concerns, and that's why we were putting all these safeguards in the bill, and so just uh, trying to proceed with uh, caution. And, um, you know, I, I think that he's probably going to allow it to become law. I don't, I don't know if he'll sign it or not, but um, I do think he'll allow it to become law. Yeah.
2: Well, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. All right, let's talk about the procedure that a person – let's this, this, say this thing gets uh, through the House, gets signed by the governor, goes into law. When would it take
4: effect? So it takes effect uh, immediately. Okay. Um, there's a time frame that's instituted uh, once it becomes law. Uh, You know, there's a lot of uh, things that happen, but the way that a person would be able to qualify for it is, you know, they would have to go to their practitioner, whether that's a doctor or nurse practitioner or physician's assistant or optometrist in the case of glaucoma. Uh, They would have to have a face-to-face visit with this practitioner. This would have to be a practitioner with whom they have a bona fide relationship with. This is a definition that we've included in the bill. Uh, a bona fide relationship means that uh, they've seen this doctor, this doctor's been treating them, uh, f- you know, for uh, before this time, you know, for this illness. They have tried other things that uh, are not working, uh, and the practitioner believes that uh, the person having this this condition uh, may be a candidate for medical cannabis. And so they would they would uh, fill out a certification that said this person has a debilitating illness, uh, and then the person would take that certification and go to the Department of Health and show that their practitioner has recommended them to participate in the medical cannabis program. The uh, Department of Health uh, has 30 days to uh to say yes or no to the person who is uh, applying. Oh, really? And once they apply, uh, they've got five days. Uh, I mean, excuse me. Once they once they approve, them, they've got five days to issue the card. Okay. So there's you know there's there's definite periods that require action to be taken. So, so the Department of Health has to sign off so, on a and, on and a I, practitioner and, certification. And draw it, I may be. I think I may be getting that confused with the licensure process for the facilities. Okay. I think I think once you get the once you get the certification from the practitioner, then they issue the card within thirty days. But Department of Health licenses a practitioner That's right. for, That's right. for certifying That's right. a patient. That's right. I'm sorry, that makes I'm, sense. I'm sorry no i got, got no confused problem. there. Stepped on my tongue. No problem. But, um, but anyway, once they get that card, uh, they then go to a dispensary, and this is going to take a minute. So Yeah, but we'll the, come back. You I hear the music? Hear that the, means music. we got a break coming. Yeah,
2: we got some questions I want to get so. to, and including a question about the the debilitating conditions that qualify for okay. certification. We'll go through that and uh, and talk about some of the safeguards we have in this uh, kind of certification process. Okay. You, you've told us a little bit about that. We'll get into that more when we come back on Middays. We've got Representative Lee Yancey in the studio. Stay with us.
6: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, mostly sunny conditions, high near 64. Tonight, mostly cloudy, low around 48. Your Saturday, shower is likely, high near 60 degrees. And for your Sunday, a 30% chance of snow and rain mix, mostly cloudy, high near 39. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and
8: Service, your Yamaha Outboard dealer in Brandon.
7: You could save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive. But when we just come out and say it, it feels like it falls a bit flat. So we're going to sing it.
11: We're singing words now.
7: We'll even sing the business part.
11: Save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive.
7: Now that's a commercial you'll remember. Even if you don't remember the bundle and save with Progressive part.
11: We're singing that commercial.
7: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations.
11: This is the end of the jingle. A jingle about insurance.
17: We're planning a trip to Spain later this
19: year, but our Spanish uh...
17: (laughs) is pretty bad. So we're using Babbel.
19: Babbel's conversation-based method teaches you real-life words and phrases. And with Babbel's interactive, bite-sized lessons, you'll remember what you learned.
17: There's no easier way to learn another
19: language. Ahora hablamos español.
17: He just said, "Now we speak Spanish."
19: Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free. Just go to babbel.com.
14: Or visit esisupply.net.
6: The best made to order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th and Gold Sports Cafe. The Wings, the Chicken Tenders and Bites, Fried or Grilled, and the best specialty pizzas in the Metro. Call 769 208 8283. That's 769 208 8283. 769
16: 208 8283. I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Critical race theory has been a hot topic this year, with elected officials like Governor Tate Reeves saying they want to get rid of
22: it. Uh, dear, in my executive budget recommendation that I released just six weeks ago, uh, we called on the Mississippi legislature to uh, outlaw any teaching of CRT in the state of Mississippi, and I'm hopeful that the uh, the legislature, when they come in uh, tomorrow, will get to work on, on doing exactly that.
16: Legislators like House Speaker Philip Gunn have openly said they're working to ban the practice. But according to State Superintendent of Education, Dr. Carrie Wright, there's nothing to ban. This is what she told the Senate Education Committee Wednesday. But let me reiterate, we are not teaching critical race theory in our social studies standards. Period. The end. For Supertalk Mississippi News, I'm Kelly Bennett.
22: Meet the authority from Seaspire. Our team of super specialized engineers partner with businesses of all sizes, taking on their toughest IT challenges while finding new opportunities. Connectivity, data security, cloud services, you name the tech, we have a specialist for it. Seaspire Business. Win with authority. Your partners in IT. Get connected to the fastest internet speeds available. Visit slash business.
0: What decisions are being made by state lawmakers and how will they affect you, your family, and community? If you listen, if you listen, you'll know Supertalk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at Supertalk.fl.
14: Hi, I'm Billy Kinder, host of Big Billy Kinder Outdoors here, the show Saturdays at 1, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Turkeys, Whitetail, Grenada Lake Crappie, or Gulfport Redfish. We enjoy it all, especially when you're in camp with us on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: from Seattle, Washington, Hart. That's what, 75, 76? Check yeah, it out. Something like that. Great tune. That was their first big hit. They were quite popular. Still are. And their of course their performance of Stairway to Heaven at the Kennedy Center when Led Zeppelin was inducted is you, you got to go see it, folks, that on YouTube. brought Robert Plant to tears. It absolutely did. It's awesome watching that. Anyhow, we digress a little bit, talking about music. always like to do that and have a little fun here on Middays. Just wanted to pass this on before we dig back into it here. Representative Yancey, the nay votes in the Senate. Senators Branning, Chisholm, Hill, Johnson, and Tate. That is what uh, the Mississippi legislator site uh, is uh, reporting. Just looked at that. Just wanted to pass that on. There's another text here on the ceasefire text line that says the ballot didn't have a no vote, so we had to vote for 65 or 65A. It was rigged from the beginning. That's actually false. Uh, If you voted for the measure, there were two parts, two-part question, two questions. First questions, yes or no, do you support in general a medical marijuana program? And then the the second question was, which one of these programs would you support, 65 or the alternative offered by the legislature? So you had an opportunity to vote no uh, and to vote against the implementation of a
4: program. Uh, It it wasn't... um, Gerard, what, what I remember, and I could be wrong, What's that? but it seems like the first question, you know, do you want a medical marijuana program? And 62% of the state said, yes, I want a marijuana program. And then the second question was, do you want 65 or 65A? Right. And so what we had was about 58% checked that they wanted 65. Then almost 21% checked they wanted 65A. Right. And then there were 21%, 20 to 21% who did not vote at all. You know, and and I, you know, I would sort of say those were the nos, uh, and then there was another thousand people who wanted both programs. Uh, so those are the ones I'm really worried about. But um, I think that's that's kind of how it shook out. And so of the top two choices of 65 or 65A, where you had 58 to 21, uh, which made 79 percent, uh, 58. 58 of 79 is 74%, and so that's where they get to the 74%.
2: Yeah, I, I just want to point out that voters did have the opportunity to
4: vote against a program. Sure. That, well, 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 the first question was your opportunity yes to vote or no. no.
2: Yeah. So it, it wasn't in that... Uh, hey, the deal was already already uh, a
4: done deal. It was like, do you want a program? Yes or no. And so, if you did want a program, did you want sixty-five or sixty-five A? That's right. Yeah. That's how the that's how the uh, the ballot was
2: structured. And it it looked, in fairness to uh, the audience, it was it was confusing. Uh, but that it was done in and in presented in accordance with law, with statute, and uh, so that's a whole another topic of what are we going to do about the the ballot uh, <laughs> initiative process? All right, so just wanted to clarify though some safeguards that you feel are in place that prevents a person just from randomly walking off the street into a practitioner's office doctor optometrist nurse practitioner
4: and say hey i want medical marijuana certification just go ahead and give it to me so first of all practitioners have to be licensed by the department of health to uh, recommend people for medical marijuana cards and this is a recommend this is a certification that they have to get um every year i believe and um and the Department of Health is responsible for licensing these practitioners. So it's these, not these permanent it's every not, year. It's not permanent. Okay. And they have to have eight hours of uh, CE credit, if you will. They have to take this course from the Department of Health uh, about cannabis uh, before they can begin certifying people, and then every year after that they have to have five hours of CE credit. Because uh, um, basically no one really knows uh, about how to recommend uh, what medical cannabis can be used for in the medical field now uh, based on anything they've done in the past. Currently right. it's not being taught. Yeah. Uh, and I've talked with the Department of Pharmacy at, at University of Mississippi Medical Center and they're looking forward to adding it to their curriculum and, and, and learning about what's been going on and that's what we've really lacked in this field is the research of uh, what particular types of cannabis and in what dosages w- affect certain Uh, debilitating illnesses and and what is the best way to prescribe this and you're not really supposed to use the word prescribe because it's still Schedule 1 to certify this but but these practitioners have to be certified by the Department of Health now the the bill also says there's nothing in here that requires any practitioner to recommend someone for a medical marijuana card so they don't have to recommend you if you go see them you've got to have a bona fide relationship with them so you can't just walk up to a practitioner Say, hey, I want some marijuana. Give me a card. They're not going to do that, and they're going to be held accountable by their licensing agency and also by the Department of Health. yep uh, So they don't have to do that. So, uh, but once a person does get that medical marijuana card, because they've been certified as having one of those debilitating illnesses, as we said before, cancer, multiple sclerosis, uh, ALS, muscular dystrophy, uh, twenty-two, 20 spastic ailments. quadriplegia. Uh, ulcerative colitis. I mean, I could. I mean, these are all really bad things that you don't want to have. You know, you're not faking these things. We did put chronic pain in there, uh, but we put the definition uh, of chronic pain as supplied to us by the Board of Medical Licensure. This is pain that has been Treated over and over and over, and there's been no remedy for this pain, and there is no remedy for yeah. this pain. It's not going away. And, uh, you know, you have to have a, a history of having had this problem and having been treated for it and and not having any other recourse. So, but once you get your card, you would go to the dispensary. The dispensary is the only one of our facilities where the public has access. Okay. They're, they're going into the dispensary. Uh, They walk in, and I try to explain this. It's like you're walking to a movie theater. The first thing you do is you walk up to the window and get your ticket. So you walk up to the window of the dispensary once you go inside the door, and you give them your medical marijuana card, and you give them your driver's license. And they run your card, and they compare your card with your driver's license to confirm your identity. And when they run your card, it's it's called our verification system. It's going to verify that you are who you say you are, that your card is valid, and it's going to say how much uh, medical marijuana you have already purchased this week or this month yep. and so there's there's a limit that you are allowed to have and so they keep up with that and, and uh, it's uh, measured and, by month right month not day well month. well you can only buy so much per week also oh, okay okay yeah, so you can't get all the whole weekly limitations at once. monthly that's right okay and so um, and then every day the uh, the dispensary has to report all of the sales uh, to the Prescription Monitoring, ph- Pharmacy Prescription Monitoring Program, the PMP, which is the same thing they do with narcotics in regular pharmacies. Uh, we can't use regular pharmacies in this program because they're regulated by the DEA, and marijuana is a Schedule One drug on the federal level, so you can't sell marijuana in a pharmacy. And I keep hearing people say, it ought to be sold in a pharmacy like right. everything else. Well, it can't be because it's Schedule One. I. Yep. And until the federal government does something about that, uh, the states have had to find a way to to get around that now you could put a pharmacist in the dispensary but you're going to have to pay a pharmacist and pharmacists make about $120,000 plus benefits you're going to need more than one pharmacist in every dispensary i'm thinking you're going to need three or four so it could be another half million dollar cost to a startup business in a startup industry uh, which we felt like was was very difficult there are one or two states that do that there are pharmacists in mississippi who are getting in the Medical cannabis business who are opening dispensaries, and if you would like to go to a dispensary that has a pharmacist, there will be those available because they are getting in the business. That's a separate entity and, 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 and facility but than it, the. It, but, it, but it's not the drugstore. It is a it regulated is a medical pharmacy. marijuana dispensary. So once you go there and they check your card, they verify that you are supposed to be there, that you are who you say you are, that you have a debilitating illness, and that you have an allowable amount still left on your card, you then go into a waiting room. You stay in that waiting room until someone from the dispensary comes and gets you, and this person's going to be with you the entire time you're in the the dispensary. When they take you in, uh, I like to describe it as being in a jewelry store where you can see all of the merchandise, but you can't touch it. It's, It's under glass. It's behind, you know. You know, some of it's on top of the counter, so I guess you could touch that. But, um, but you have to have help getting what you need, and the people that work at the dispensary are required to have uh, eight hours of training as well, the same as the practitioner each year, uh, yeah. and then five years for every year after that. I'm excuse me, five hours every year after that for continuing education as well. And so, you know. That, that's the way it's set up. Okay. We would be the 38th state, I believe. I think Alabama was 37. We're 38. Uh, that's the way that it's set up in in the vast majority of states, 35, 36 other states. Uh, that's the way that it's working there. And they would recommend to you uh, all of the different means of... You know, using medical care, cannabis. All right, so I based on what your condition is, and your age is, and your yeah, medical your situation. experience, yes. All right, we got a break. Can you hang? I got two questions for you. Man, me. I'm hanging. All right, I'm we got hanging.
2: Representative Lee Yancey. <laughs> we appreciate that too. Lots of questions rolling in, but two I think that uh, a lot of folks want to know about concerning concealed carry uh, of weapons, and uh, and then also what happens if your physician, that's been your your attending physician, is not in the program. And you gotta go, you you wanna get medical marijuana. Think about that. We'll be back on middays.
15: Has this ever happened to you? My friend was telling me about his new pair of headphones, so I looked them up online. Now, everywhere I go is a creepy ad for those headphones I looked at one time. I hate that feeling like I'm being watched. I got DuckDuckGo and saw a difference right away. With one download, you can search and browse privately, avoiding trackers, all for free. It's that simple. Take back your privacy online with DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified.
9: We expect our information in real-time US Med carries continuous glucose monitors which provide real-time readings of blood glucose levels US Med is an approved provider for Medicare and over 500 private insurers So call 800-730-8405 today for a free insurance and Medicare benefits check as easy as That's 800-730-8405 8405. This is
21: the Midday Agri-Market Report. We're talking to Ryan Ritter, the product manager of Corteva, about biologicals.
20: We at Corteva have been very, very excited. We're launching our biological portfolio. We launched it about a year ago. We've been doing a lot of work, and we'll be launching our first biological, Nutrition In, into the marketplace in 2022. As, as we look at uh, end users, as we look at the crops being grown across the U.S., um, we need to continue to adapt to what our end users are needing, what we're. what. What uh, what's being asked of us as producers. And this is an, an additional way for us to look at a sustainability, ways for us to help our growers be productive today and tomorrow. Uh, some of the things growers should look for are going to be opportunities that are going to help their operation be more productive. There's a lot of biologicals in the marketplace today, but we're looking at being a sustainable source and a reliable source, giving your growers, giving the growers across the U.S. confidence
21: This is the Super Talk
5: Mississippi Agri-News Network. The Mississippi Lottery is introducing a new daily draw game. It's called Cash 4. And if you know how to play Cash 3, you know how to play Cash 4. It's just that easy. You can play for 50 cents or a dollar with winnings from $100 all the way up to $5,000. And you can play every day with drawings at the same time as Cash 3. Play Cash 4 and win more. Have fun, y'all. Gambling prom. Call
1: 1-800-522-4700. Your business may be classified as small to mid mid-size, but you view it as an empire and naturally want it to succeed. Do you have the proper tools in place to efficiently utilize the staff who handles administration of your HR, payroll, time, and benefits? Without changing current processes and proper training, payroll technology alone cannot solve these problems. By utilizing the ISOL platform, MWG Employer Services can create new processes and properly train your staff to maximize the efficiency of this technology. For more information, visit mwgemployerservices.com.
10: Tune in to Good Things with me, Rebecca Turner. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour, weekdays from two to three p.m. Right here on Super Jackson, ninety-seven point three.
11: It's so awesome.
0: Midday's with Gerard Gibbard mm. Come on, let's
11: get on with the show. Yes.
0: On Super Talk Mississippi. <laughs>
2: should have played mother's little helper by the
9: stones
2: look if senator blackwell can hijack the bob dylan song and we can we can hijack the rolling stones here to be More corresponding to the (laughs) subject matter. Oh my gosh! So the representative and I were just doing some uh, high-level math here off the air, converting grams to ounces and daily amounts (laughs) and weekly.
3: Lots of questions. Did you ever think in your life?
4: No, I didn't think I would ever be in this spot. I really
2: didn't. (laughs) No, (laughs) And and nor did I think I'd be here talking about this on statewide radio. But it it is technical. Uh, in a lot of respects, and there's a question, and you you make a good point, and I can tell by the questions here on the C Spire text line, gee, I've been thinking all along, it was three and a half grams, and the three and a half gram figure uh, was reflective of the amount per day when it was a five ounce program, is that correct, or a
4: four ounce program per month? So when it was a four-ounce program, because that's when I came along, yep. so 3.5 grams is the daily unit. To work out to four ounces and, per month. And it's an eighth of an ounce, and so what we were allowing was eight of those units, eight times 3.5, yeah. to be 28 grams. Excuse me. That's right. 28 20 grams, grams is which, is week, which is an ounce. Which is an ounce. And so we were allowing one ounce a week, Yep. and for four-week period, we were allowing Four ounces a month. Yeah, it makes sense. And so we've reduced the four ounces a month to three and a half ounces a month. And so what's happened is we still have the 3.5 grams for flowers as a daily unit. But for a seven-day period, no longer are we allowing eight units. We're only allowing seven, which is .875 <laughs> ounces. And say that times four, and you come up with your 3.5 ounces per, per month. month. Yeah, seven seven, eights a week. So, you know, I'm not good. I'm not a very good cook. And, and when I, when it tells me to do teaspoons and tablespoons, I know three teaspoons is a tablespoon. That's about all I know. Uh, but, you know, you really have to get it. Get into the details of, of these measurements to understand really what we're talking about. Yeah, so there there are questions about concealed
2: carry and and uh, firearms, et cetera. What what's in the bill res- with respect to
4: that? And so, what I would say about that as long as as long as marijuana is Schedule One at the federal level and the states continue to make exceptions to that for medical purposes or for adult use purposes there are always going to be conflicts between state law and federal law you have that with the banking system uh, you have that with the pharmacies uh, you have that with the different laws so that you're you know you can still enforce some marijuana laws that are outside the scope of our act but you don't enforce those who are using it for medical purposes who have less than the allowable amount. Yep. And when it comes to firearms, uh, you know, if you go to buy a firearm, you will be given uh, a form to fill out, and one of the questions on that form is, uh, do you do you basically use drugs or do you yep. have you broken any federal laws? And you know, if you answer truthfully and say that you have a medical marijuana card then they're not going to sell you a firearm. It doesn't prevent you from keeping the firearms that you do have Um, but uh, what the federal government has done with regard to medical marijuana is in, in 2012 I believe at the uh, during the Obama administration, the Justice Department issued some type of statement saying that as long as states were were in compliance, as long as people were in, in, in compliance with state laws with regard to cannabis, then they were not going to prosecute. Okay, and that's that's been on the books for ten years, and we would be the thirty eighth state. And so, uh, you know, we've made exceptions, we have made allowances, we we put the language in the bill. Uh, to give us whatever protections we could give from a state level for for gun owners, uh, we put protections in the bill for banks that the banking association provided to us hmm. uh, we have We have put everything in place. Uh, that can be put into place. Okay. And, and again, there will continue to be uh, conflicts with regard to laws between state and federal until they change it from Schedule 1.
2: What about public sector, state employees, public se- agency employees, um, teachers, school district employees, et cetera? Any special provisions that would apply to them with respect to this? Or, or accommodations as far as
4: having a medical marijuana card or yeah what? I mean I, I I would think if they're certified well, they, I mean under our employment law you know if you show up at work and you are tested and you test positive you can be fired no matter who you are at the at the discretion of the
2: employer at the discretion yeah, of the employer they have the right. right they so they have the right to Certainly. essentially establish their restrictions right. I guess the question is to what extent might that um, conflict with this, but we had the same at my company. Even in Colorado, where recreational was legal, mm-hmm. we tested yeah. as well. So, anyhow, Representative Yancey, appreciate it. Very informative discussion, sir. We'll be keeping up with what goes on over there in the House on this matter, and I'm sure you'll be back and we'll Gerard, talk. Gerard, it's some. been a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Stay with us, folks. We got Super Talk News, Fox News, of course. Senator Jennifer Branning joins us next, and then three doors down, tickets to give away.
0: You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk, Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. 601 345 8090.
22: Chris Foster, some people did their holiday shopping early, but the Christmas season itself had Americans spending
3: less.
16: Retail sales declined 1.9% in December. Economists were expecting a decline because holiday shopping started so early, and also because retailers were dealing with supply chain issues and staffing shortages.
22: Fox's Jenny Casola. The State Department's condemning more missile launches conducted by the North Korean military.
3: The North fired what is thought to be two short range missiles today. It's third weapons launch this month. Those missiles flew about 276 miles before landing into the sea. Before the latest launch, North Korea issued a warning to the Biden administration after a fresh round of sanctions targeted five North Koreans involved in the missile program. Fox's
22: Jared Halpern. The British Prime Minister Boris Johnson's office apologizes to the royal family for holding farewell parties for two staffers the night before Prince Philip's funeral, breaking coronavirus lockdown rules. America's listening to Fox News.
6: Be sure to tune in every Saturday morning from 10 until noon for the Handyman Show. Brought to you locally in part by Mid South Space Solutions,
15: protecting your home from structural damage, cracks, humidity, mold, and more. That's Mid South Space Solutions of Mississippi.
16: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The Supreme Court blocked the Biden administration from enforcing its vaccine or test requirements for large private companies Thursday. They did uphold a regulation that requires vaccines for almost all employees at hospitals, nursing homes, and other health care providers that receive federal money. Aaron Rice is with the Mississippi
18: Justice Institute. This is a landmark decision by the Supreme Court, not just for our client and other businesses that were going to be affected by the mandate, but for the country as a whole. Both of those
16: rulings go into effect immediately. Governor Tate Reeves hasn't been shy about calling the president's mandates on vaccines an overreach of power. He says the Supreme Court has proved what we knew all along. The mandate on private business is a significant encroachment into the lives and health of 84 million Americans and Biden overstepped his authority by unilaterally dictating that Americans have to obey his egregious orders. I'm Kelly Bennett. Dear Mississippi, it's our great honor to serve as your physicians. It's from that sense of service that we ask that you help protect all Mississippians and our loved ones by getting vaccinated. Vaccines are safe and reliable, and even effective against the Delta variant. Getting vaccinated helps protect our children, supports our healthcare workers and their efforts, and helps save lives. We understand that you may have questions. Please reach out to your primary care
6: physician for answers. Do you ever feel like you're in the dark? Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. Propane generators assure you will always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking, hot water on demand, warm and consistent heat, and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Energy for everyone, propane. Visit MSPropane.com. That's MSPropane.com today.
16: The Senate version of the Mississippi Medical Cannabis Act has been approved on a vote of 47 to 5 and now heads to the House for debate. The bill comes 14 months after 74 percent of voters approved a grassroots medical marijuana program. Governor Tate Reeves still believes that three and a half grams allowed for patients is too high. Senators stood firm on that dosage unit, though. There was an amendment process, but Senator Daniel Sparks' prediction that there wouldn't be
5: any changes proved true. Chairman Blackwell, as well as his counterpart in the house and others uh chairman Bryan and his committee they've held numerous hearings just uh over and over again have addressed this bill so i a last minute amendment's probably not well taken
16: for a rundown on what you need to know about that bill and other legislation being debated this session log on to supertalk.fm for supertalk mississippi news i'm kelly bennett
18: go with the home team.
1: During the COVID pandemic, Mississippi's nurse practitioners were on the front lines of providing patients with high quality care. With over 6,000 nurse practitioners practicing in our state, there's no reason we should continue to struggle with access to care. With many in rural areas having no access at all, Mississippi's archaic laws force MPs into unfair contracts just to go to work and do the job they're trained to do. Tell your legislators to support full practice authority as 28 other states have done and end forced government contracting.
14: Paid for by the Mississippi Association of Nurse Practitioners. Hey, it's Richard Cross. Be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State. Every day from 3 until 6, right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. And now, and now. the talk that keeps Mississippi talking.
11: That's what I like to, listen to.
0: You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Here on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Midday, Super Top Mississippi, rocking into Hour 3 on the program on this Friday, y'all. And joining us now on the program, Senator Jennifer Branning represents District 18. That's Leek Neshoba in Winston County. She serves as the chair of the Highways and Transportation Committee and vice chair of Judd A. in the Senate. Welcome, uh, Senator Branning.
23: Good afternoon, Gerard. Thank you for having me today.
2: You bet. So let's start out with just what uh, you think about the medical marijuana bill yesterday. Just doing some research, it appears you were a nay on the measure. Can you uh, share your thoughts on that?
23: Sure, I'd be glad to. Um, and As you stated, I was a no vote, but let me say that Chairman Blackwell did a phenomenal job of bringing that bill to the floor Um he communicated with me throughout the process. Really, over the last several months, he was, you know, addressed a lot of the issues that I brought to him. But I just want to say that I want to give him a shout out and tell him I appreciate how hard that he worked. But you know, my main concern over time has been um, why don't we take a program and sort of start small, start more conservative, maybe reduce the amount of product that's offered in its inception and do some things that were where we start in a position where we could possibly expand later. And that was my whole, um, I think, idea when I was looking at the legislation. You know, as a mother of three boys, I certainly can see what I feel to be a slippery slope for generations to come. And I certainly do not want to see this turn into any type of recreational type situation. But, you know, those are my reservations. And, you know, the overwhelming majority of the Senate has spoken. Only five of us were dissenting votes. Um, The rest of the members felt the program to be worthy of moving along in the process. So, So there it is. It's moving along. And so I'm, you know, anxious to see the final product as it comes out of the House.
2: Yeah. So what do you think, uh, it it appears from our discussions with Representative Yancey, high probability that uh, the bill is going to get uh, passed in the House. It it may uh, be subject to some amendments, which would, of course, require uh, the Senate's approval as well. Where do you think the governor stands at this point? And I'm not asking you, of course, to speak on behalf of the governor, but are you getting kind of any vibes or any indications there?
23: Yeah, I certainly um, don't want to speak for Governor Reeves, but I know in times past, I I believe he and I have shared a lot of the same concerns. You know, again, the amount of product that's available and just starting out a little, you know, a little too open-ended. I'll put it that way. I just would like to see us start a little more conservative. But, yeah, I can't speak for the governor's office on that issue. I haven't spoken to them Um, probably
2: in a couple of weeks on this at least. Yeah, and and I think the the latest that I recall is the governor had kind of called for, why don't we take the five ounces as contemplated in Initiative 65, let's cut that in half, see how it goes, and see if we need to make some adjustments from there. And it it sounds like what Senator Blackwell did is uh, try to come up with something in the middle and land it at the three-and-a-half-ounce mark. Uh, so uh, we'll see, but I, I appreciate you uh, commenting on that and appreciate your transparency and, and honesty on your sentiments and your reservations yeah. about uh, the legislation. All right, so let's talk about uh, the year 2022. You guys have been in session now for a couple of weeks. What do you see passing through as priorities in, uh, in your committees?
23: You know, generally speaking um, – I don't see a lot of major policy changes coming through the transportation committee. I really don't. I think that our focus, and there will be a few things. I think our primary focus is going to be on the appropriation side. You know, we're in a position now, um, and I'll say in times past, and transportation is a very challenging committee. Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons I really enjoy it. Very challenging. But this session, you know, We're in a position to be able to address many, many of the issues that we have looked at in times past and just have not been able uh, to do much about it. So with that, I'm really focusing more on the transportation budget and making sure that those additional dollars that we do have available to us, that we are looking not at just fiscal year 2023, but we're looking years down the road, no pun intended, but years down the road, to make sure that the choices that we make today serve us for generations to come.
2: Yeah, I understand. And and you've got, uh, of course, uh, this big pot of money uh, from the American Rescue Plan now, based on the parameters associated with uh, that money, really not available for strictly for roads and bridges. Or I shouldn't say strictly, but for roads and bridges whatsoever. It's it's more focused on, as I recall, water infrastructure from an infrastructure perspective.
23: That's right. There's a lot of monies available for what I call utility infrastructure. Yeah. I, I'm just I'm so excited to see that. You know, I had conversations this past week about how we can make sure that we are plugging these monies appropriately into our rural water system. Mm-hmm. And coming from a very rural part of the state, I can see where that would be transformational changes for rural communities, helping them get infrastructure in the ground, making upgrades and improvements to put those communities in a position, number one, to serve their residents with just basic everyday needs. But then for economic development, you know, people have to stop and understand that before economic developer, developers consider certain areas of our state, they first look at a whole host of things. But utility infrastructure is one of the uh, the items that they're looking for. And so we certainly want to be wise with these dollars. I know the ARPA committee is putting together a recommendation for the the full Appropriations Committee, which I'm on, I'm not helping with the ARPA um, down in the weeds with that yet. But mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to see what their recommendation will be to the full committee.
2: Yeah, of course. Uh, I think everybody that's come on the program have said, yeah. But when, when we kind of solicited input from uh, various stakeholders, that all those requests added up to about eight billion dollars. We got one point eight. We, I guess, should be surprised at that. But that is is something that is uh, going to consume some cycles i think under the dome there to work through all that
23: yes we certainly have our work cut out for us we have so much to do in a 90-day session and you know i've only been serving in the senate for seven years now but this session we have more large and transformational issues to deal with than any other session that i remember and i hear other lawmakers say that has been there much longer than i have so We cannot. We don't have a spare minute to waste at all. A lot yeah, of work to do.
2: Seems I can tell you from from an outsider's perspective, it, it sure seems like it. Just a, a lot of stuff on the plate that is uh, somewhat controversial, but uh, also quite sweeping in nature. I mean, just just big issues: the medical marijuana deal, this big amount of money, tax reform, teacher pay raise, which passed the House. Let's turn our attention to that. Of course, uh, a bill was also offered uh, by Senator DeBar. In, on the Senate side, the, the bills are somewhat similar, but they're slightly different in, in approach and timing and so forth. What are your thoughts about that?
23: Yeah, so, you know, I'm just pleased to see that both chambers have made an effort to, to step out there again and say, you know what, teachers are important to us. We understand their value in the state of Mississippi, and we want to make sure that while we're in this very good fiscal position in our state, that we take care of our teachers and make sure that we continue to increase our salaries uh, where they should be. In the Senate's position, I think we're around $4,700 over two years. The House was in a different position, forty six thousand dollars to $6,000 raised. Certainly, I want to see the teachers get as much as we can afford for them to get. And so I look forward to working um, with Chairman Debar to see where we land at the end of session. But I think that we, both chambers can agree, as well as Governor Reeves, that we. We want to take care of this issue of session while we can.
2: Yeah, this is a matter that the governor made clear before the session even started, even when I interviewed him at the Neshoba County Fair back in July. He said this was a legislative priority, was to increase uh, teacher pay. What else is on your radar, Senator, that uh, you're going to be taking up?
23: Well, certainly uh, another item that, that interests me greatly is the income tax elimination. Yeah. And I'm just thrilled to see what came out of the House. Now, I haven't read the bill. Let me say that. We have been busy in the Senate working on other measures. Um, but what I have read and heard sounds very, very good. I think that you'll see probably a little different version come out of the Senate. I know that Chairman Harkins is working hard on his side of things. And, yep. and while I might not like every single point, I think that we are off to a great start. Sure. And I think this, just like the future pay raise, those chambers are on the same page as far as general concept goes. Yep. But, you know, the devil is in the details, but I'm confident that we're going to work together and come up with a great product at the end of session.
2: That sounds uh, really good. I'd like to see that happen as well. Senator, appreciate you uh, taking the time to join us here on Middays and uh, probably see you down at the Capitol. If not uh, before, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot.
23: Thank you. Have a great weekend.
2: You too. Senator Jennifer Branning has been our guest. We'll take a break right here. We'll come back. We got three doors down, tickets to give away, and uh, much more talk. Middays, we'll return.
6: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, mostly sunny conditions, high near 64. Tonight, mostly cloudy, a little around 48. Your Saturday shower is likely high near 60 degrees. And for your Sunday, a 30% chance of snow and rain mix, mostly cloudy, high near 39. This weather brought to you by No Drip Roofing and Construction. With rain coming, let us show you what the No Drip difference is all about. No Drip Roofing and Construction, online at NoDripMS.com.
23: A Complete Flag Source is proud to announce that Mississippi has a new state flag. We are taking orders now for all sizes of the newly designed State of Mississippi flag. Flags are in production and soon you can be flying one at your home, school, or business. Place your order by emailing at sales at completeflags.com, calling our store at 601-362-9333, or finding us on the web at completeflags.com. Have you paid a visit to our store A Complete Flag Source is located at 5295 I-55 North Jackson. Too far to visit? Give us a call at 601-362-9333 with your order or questions. Thank you for shopping local and supporting a Mississippi-owned business.
1: Why does Walgreens offer copays as
17: low as zero dollars and ninety-day refills? Because we care about Medicare, so you don't have to. I mean, do you really care to hear me go on about same-day prescription delivery making your life
1: easier, or how there's a pharmacy expert available twenty-four-seven and one-click refills? Well, I just did, anyways. Fill your Medicare prescriptions with Walgreens and save
10: zero-dollar copay apply to tier-one generic drugs and select plans with Walgreens as a preferred pharmacy. Restrictions apply. See
9: Walgreens.com/Medicare for complete details. We expect our information in real time. U.S. Med carries continuous glucose monitors, which provide real-time readings of blood glucose levels. U.S. Med is an approved provider for Medicare and over 500 private insurers. So call 800-730-8405 today for a free insurance and Medicare benefits check. As easy as... That's 800 730
1: Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot
19: This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to the Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3
8: Super Talk Jackson.
0: Now back to Middays with Gerard here on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Talk Mississippi, that would be Journey from 1986 to Raised on the Radio Album featuring bassist Randy Jackson. Randy Jackson from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He uh, also played, of course, um, uh, anyhow, it's from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And he, I, 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 I actually know a guy from Baton Rouge that went to school with him down there. It is uh, incredible. Played on a lot of, uh, played with Bruce Springsteen, played on a lot of uh, studio albums and lots of bands, uh, African-American gentleman, very uh, very talented.
3: Was he the one that was on American Idol for all those years? He was.
2: He was absolutely yeah, on American Idol. Could probably remember That's him where he we went, 2002, I think. But Randy Jackson from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, is the bassist on that tune. That's a great video, by the way. Uh, from the Raised on the Radio album. But anyhow, uh, this is a quite the loaded question, isn't it, from Malcolm from Tishomingo County. Uh, just how many joints can be made from that amount? It depends on who you ask, I think. Is the, and who's rolling uh, That's it. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and I and appreciate that question, Malcolm. And that, that has been, I guess, a central issue in the medical marijuana bill. Uh, since the governor, I think, uh, really got active in, in speaking out against the amount that would be allowed under the under the measure, which under Initiative 65 started out or, or provided for five ounces per month. The measure that passed the Senate yesterday allows three and a half. I think the governor is now saying I I want it to be less than that. So. I, I heard that on the our clip here, uh, our soundbite on our news. So I'm not sure what to expect at this point. Uh, just being honest, and we asked uh, the uh, representative Yancey about that. Sounds like he's not really comfortable trying to project what the governor may do at this point. I, I got a feeling though that Senator Blackwell, and I don't know this, don't have any proof of this, but I got a feeling in 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 that uh, in reducing the amount that Senator Blackwell in the Senate. Who's been leading on this effort, and, um, and the Senate, as has the Senate, I gotta believe he's in touch with the governor's mansion and the governor and staff to, to come up with uh, an amount that uh, would be acceptable, and gain his signature. But we shall certainly see. It's a great question, but uh, it's just uh, I, I, there are no consensus on that. Somebody here uh, said earlier, if I can find it here it's pretty clear that uh, you folks there at Supertalk have never uh, rolled a joint, so... Yeah, from the
3: 662, none of the Super Talk guys ever sold (laughs) weed, obviously. Ever.
2: Yeah, so...
3: Well, you're correct, I think, I hope.
2: (laughs) I know, I can't speak for everybody else, but for myself personally, and this isn't a revelation, I've talked about that uh, before, I've never uh, smoked it, ingested it, consumed it in any form, never bought it, sold it, Held it, uh, rolled it, etc. Now, I, I'm not saying that in a boastful way. I'm just being honest, which is what we want everybody to be. So I, I don't necessarily look down on folks that do. I don't, you know, I have a negative opinion of them at, at, up to the point at which it might impact their ability to function and produce for society and carry on their business. You know, I full disclosure my company, we had uh, drug testing. Uh, requirements and and uh, if you pass a uh, fail the drug test, we wouldn't hire you. A yeah. lot of companies have that. And uh, it, with respect to a, a certain group of our people that were responsible for uh, remotely managing, monitoring, and and supporting uh, about seventy five emergency nine one one facilities. My understanding now is that's like tripled since I sold the company. Uh, we complied with various criminal justice. Uh, measures and regulations on that, and we tested those folks randomly much more frequently. We never had anybody fail the test. I, I don't know if we, it just if that's just uh, coincidental. Uh, if it says anything about, I guess those folks and their maybe that type of work they did relative to their interest in, in consuming marijuana. But it's, and that was in Colorado. We're recreational, but well, first of two yeah. states, uh, yeah. Yeah. T- and by the way, it was it was still legal, and 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 you heard Pepper talking about that earlier. As a private company, we still had the right, even though recreational marijuana was legal there, to uh, require that of our employees that they pass a drug test, and uh, still able to test uh, our employees that worked in what we call the network operations center. So, anyhow, at that. Just responding to our our listener here. <laughs> yeah, but I don't the,
3: think I don't think anybody has. But I don't know. Maybe hey Perez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome.
2: Uh, marijuana can't be sold to pharmacy because it's not medical. Well, yes, yeah, schedule it's a Schedule One drug, which means it's not thought to have any it, by, at the federal level. Now, any medicinal qualities and benefit. That's why it's scheduled. It's Schedule One. And DEA-regulated facilities, this is just, uh, in my discussions with attorneys and people that know about this stuff, if somebody knows something different, please let me know. It's my understanding. DEA-regulated facilities, which would be the traditional drugstore pharmacy, are not permitted to dispense Schedule I drugs. And that's why they can't, and why you have to have these separate retailers, if you will, these Treatment centers is what I want to say. It was at one time referred to, I think we kind of commonly refer to it as a dispensary. That would be a place where you would acquire medical marijuana. Uh, so, uh, you know, I've made make clear my position on that, and I'm happy to do it again, which is I don't feel like I have the right to stand between a person and something that would alleviate their pain or treat debilitating medical conditions. Uh, how again that gets implemented from a, a structural perspective and uh, a regulatory framework perspective? That's complicated, as 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 you heard Lee talk about. I mean, they've spent an unbelievable amount of time trying to put something together that does kind of straddle that very tight line between medical and recreational.
3: And it does look like they at least looked at the other states, yeah, the states that are doing it. Successfully, I don't know if that's the word. Yeah. And the states that are struggling with it, like Oklahoma, that's the one we kept hearing was that Oklahoma was the state that implemented this and was really not happy with the way that it was going. So it looks like they've at least talked to and uh, consulted with and looked at some of the laws from various states to kind of, you know get together the the best ideas from each and compile a bill from that,
2: yeah. right? I, it's certainly in our questioning and discussion there of Representative Yancey, and I, I was in touch with him uh, throughout this whole ordeal, just asking for updates, even back in the summer, when he was working independently, as was Senator Blackwell, and, and doing some research and investigation and exploring programs in other states. So, he, you know, he didn't just – they didn't sit and do this in a vacuum, for what it's worth. I know that, because – uh, just, again, uh, in talking to Lee directly about that. So um, are you saying, this is on the from Darren and on the ceasefire tax text line, was it too long ago this state sued tobacco companies to recoup money for plant you smoke? Now the state is breaking their necks to legalize a plant you smoke. Are you saying tobacco smoke is harmful, but pot smoke is therapeutic? So let's be clear, Darren, the tobacco companies didn't get sued because they sold a product that was harmful. They got sued because they misrepresented it, and uh, and, and the 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 legal thesis of the suit was that they weren't being forthcoming and weren't uh, communicating um, openly and accurately Lied
3: in front of congress
2: yeah about the dangers that's what they got sued for so it it all comes down to a matter of how much do you want the government involved in so-called protecting you and uh, you you could argue make that same argument with respect to the vaccine mandates and It just seems like that government, you heard Pepper talk about through the years, they've just absolutely piled up gazillions of pages of regulations, and many of those are designed to so-called keep you safe. And so it's a question of how much should the government be involved in keeping its citizens safe? Or should you be permitted to make your own decisions about your risk uh, tolerance, and and you know something's bad for you, it, but you still do it. Such as smoking, which I think is pretty evident that's not a, a healthy thing to do. But people still do it. Should the government completely outlaw it? And that's the same question here. And nobody, by the way, nobody said that um, that smoking pot wasn't harmful if, in terms of what it may do. I guess to. Other aspects of your body, but uh, again, it is it is at least uh, reported. I don't know because I've never been around it, never done it. Don't know anybody that has. It was sick. It, it is it is uh, considered to be helpful and um, and have value in treating certain debilitating conditions. So it's a matter of again making that that decision about risk. Take the risk that it may hurt me on this just on this area, but. I'm terminal, for example, with cancer, and we just want to alleviate pain in your last days. It's tough. Tough ethical uh, questions and legal questions. Time for a break here on Middays. We'll come back. And before we're out of here, we got three doors down tickets.
3: Green Home Solutions is a proud VIP sponsor of The Handyman Show on Supertalk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. Family.
0: What does family mean to you? At Carter Sledge Family Dentistry, we value family.
7: Be sure and check out the newly remodeled Basils in Fondren, where you get simple food done well. And don't forget to drop by Basils Fountain View at the Renaissance. Go to eatbasils.com for online ordering for both locations. That's Basils. You could save big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, but when we just come out and say it, it feels like it falls a bit flat. So we're going to sing it.
11: We're singing words now.
7: We'll even sing the business part. Save
11: big when you bundle your home now.
7: Now that's a commercial you'll remember, even if you don't remember the bundle and save with Progressive Part.
11: We're singing a commercial.
7: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount mod available in all states or situations.
11: This is the end of the jingle. A jingle about
17: we're planning a trip to Spain later this year.
19: But our Spanish
17: is... Uh... <laughs> pretty bad. So, we're using Babbel.
19: Babbel's conversation-based method teaches you real-life words and phrases. And with Babbel's interactive, bite-sized lessons, you'll remember what you learned.
17: There's no easier way to learn another
19: language. Ahora hablamos español.
17: He just said, now we speak Spanish.
19: Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free. Just go to Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com.
16: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The Supreme Court blocked the Biden administration from enforcing its vaccine or test requirements for large private companies Thursday. They did uphold a regulation that requires vaccines for almost all employees at hospitals, nursing homes, and other health care providers that receive federal money. Aaron Rice is with the
18: Mississippi Justice Institute. This is a landmark decision by the Supreme Court, not just for our client and other businesses that were going to be affected by the mandate, but for the country as a whole. Both
16: of those rulings go into effect immediately. Governor Tate Reeves hasn't been shy about calling the president's mandates on vaccines an overreach of power. He says the Supreme Court has proved what we knew all along. The mandate on private business is a significant encroachment into the lives and health of 84 million Americans. And Biden overstepped his authority by unilaterally dictating that Americans have to obey his egregious orders. I'm Kelly Bennett.
17: Trustmark Checking fits you to a... T. Use the My Trustmark app to bank anywhere from your...
18: Truck to a tent.
17: Make mobile payments at retailers from...
18: Tampa to Tacoma.
17: And with new Plus Checking, you'll even get discounts on trips. Trip, uh, hey, you stole my line. You need Plus Checking. It has identity theft protection, too. Don't stop about Trustmark. People you trust, advice that works. Member FDIC.
2: Welcome back, everyone. Midday, Super Top Mississippi. We are honored that you joined us for today's show. 601 879 That would be the C Spire text line. Don't forget, today on In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, you'll hear an interview with former Harvard football star and businessman, Kyle Sims, about his incredible journey in the Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, is presented by VisitMississippi.org. You can hear the show each Thursday and Friday, 1 to 2 p.m., on most Supertalk Mississippi stations, Supertalk.fm, and available everywhere you listen to podcasts. And you know, we're multimedia. We don't talk about that enough, but there are a uh, a number of ways that one can stay connected and listen in and watch.
3: I was on a Zoom call with a client yesterday and I was explaining all the ways that you can listen or consume Super Talk Mississippi. I had to stop myself at about 10 minutes in, because I was just rambling on.
2: <laughs> but that's, uh, I think, uh, you have to, to be in this business and succeed. you got to be everywhere. Yeah, it's not like, well, in the old days, I'm either going to be on the radio or the television, right? And limited selections and options there. But that's a good thing. We like choices. Except Bernie Sanders, you know, he said we don't too many choices. What did he say? Too many kinds of soap powder here, yeah. on the, <laughs> so the government could come in and... and uh, address all that and regulate that. Uh, Yeah, the market uh, on the ceasefire tax line, Jerry, in Waynesboro, the market is tanking while Biden is speaking. It's all about caught up now. I'm saying major recession begins now. Well, just keep in mind, I I hear you, Jerry. I I share your concerns that uh, typically a recession is defined as two consecutive quarters of GDP decline. Uh, I don't think we're at that point just yet, but kind of here's uh, where I, I think this possibly could be going. We've got the Fed that's poised to implement rate hikes, uh, a rate hike, in March, the first of what could either be three or four is what the Fed governors are indicating. And, and, and then it remains to be seen by what amount? A quarter of a point, half a point, perhaps more? And it is uh, thought, of course, usually that is designed to curb inflation, which does often have a negative impact on economic activity, because the cost of borrowing money uh, goes up. And, of course, that also uh, filters down to mortgage prices, and and the price of a mortgage, the cost of a mortgage, and that can impact, of course, the housing market, cool the housing market. But... The The thing that I think is of more concern is that the, everybody, it seems, is predicting $100 a barrel oil by the summer and an average of $4 a gallon across the United States. And, and that is, is going to sustain inflation because it is a critical and a major input to so much of what we consume.
3: Oil in everything.
2: Everything, despite what the, the left and the, the greenie people want to tell you. We ain't there yet to get rid of that. So uh, that's a concern. And, and so econ- many economists are concerned about what is known as stagflation, which is a period of increasing inflation but uh, no economic growth stagflation. We experienced that in the Carter era, and President Biden is being in many circles compared to President Carter. I was uh, around and kicking then, and trying to start a career, and uh, ultimately wanted to buy a little piece of the American dream, and stood in line all night to get ten and three-quarters mortgage financing. Ten and three-quarters. I did, and that was only because the um, the state of Louisiana had sold bonds. The state of Louisiana, where I lived at the time, was flush with, with uh, cash from the oil and gas industry, and uh, they, in an effort to stimulate the housing market and, and counter the typical eighteen percent mortgage rates, they sold bonds, uh, mortgage-backed bonds that were available through various, uh, mortgage lenders, and in that that rate was ten and three quarters. You had to, uh, as a household, make less than $30,000 a year. That was easy for my wife and I's combined income. And you had to be a first time home buyer in the house. The mortgage was, I don't remember what the threshold was, but yeah, stood in line all night to get 10 and three quarters interest.
3: But at the average time. was around
2: 18? At that time, yeah. And what's it now? What, 3? Three? 3, and uh, I think it went up to sweet, 3.5, what? 3.7. It's the highest it's been. By the way, yesterday it, it ticked. Uh, the highest it's been since 2020. Still historically incredibly low. So here's what I think could happen, though, is the Fed raises rates, and inflation uh, continues, and it doesn't have an impact. And so they add another rate hike. And the same thing, and another rate hike. And then they end up saying the only way to bust this thing up, which is essentially what Ronald Reagan and his monetary policy did after the Carter uh, stagflation era, and they raise it to the point where it does uh, throw us into a recession. That's a concern. And we have negative or no uh, GDP growth, or negative growth, I should say, and that's what would be defined as a recession uh, for two successive quarters. That, that is a concern. I don't think you'll see that in this in election year, because that's uh, it's politically toxic, but you certainly could see kind of the start of it this year with these rate increases. I, I, my fear is that they're going to throw a quarter point out there in March, and inflation's going to continue. It's going to persist, and we're not going to see any, any relief from that but we're not going to see any major GDP growth, so-called stagflation, and then they're going to throw another rate increase. That's where it's all headed, in my view. I pray it doesn't throw us into a recession. That would not be good. The markets are tumbling, uh, mainly this morning because we had lackluster earnings reports from some of the country's biggest banks, J.P. Morgan City, and also retail sales ticked down, and, and many attribute that to um, uh, Omicron. Folks just aren't out buying stuff again. Retail
3: sales in December during Christmas buying.
2: Right, which uh, dropped by 1.9%. Also, the producer price index was up yesterday. That measures the cost of inputs to the production process that's passed down um, to, uh, to the retail level, to the consumer level, because the cost of making stuff goes up. Of course, the President says it's too much profiteering those private companies are making too much money. That's the explanation, except they made a lot of money before you took office during the Trump era, and we had negligible inflation, so that's nonsense. It's just looking to point fingers everywhere all the time. Now, we discussed earlier about this bad day the President had yesterday. And, uh, well, let's start with this one. It's kind of a short one. But I'm deeply concerned about the president's mental acuity and cognitive ability. Here he is announcing a physician who is going to be in charge of the testing program.
3: Let me see if I can find that real quick. I believe it is. You got the other one? couple of the other ones. Uh, ye, let's he's see. talking about
2: masks and vaccines. Let's see what this one is. We were joking
12: earlier not we we're really j- joking. when you need something done, call in the military. <laughs> and we we'll, we'll get FEMA we'll make sure it gets done. Uh, look, um, we're about to get a COVID-19 briefing from the military and medical teams on the ground in Arizona, Michigan and New York. They're part of a major deployment of our nation's armed forces to help hospitals across the country manage this surge of the Omicron virus, this surge is having an impact on hospitals. Surge. Like all healthcare workers, they are heroes, and I'm grateful uh, for what they do. But before we begin, I want to provide an update on our fight against COVID-19 and announce new steps. First, the update. Can you, I know we're all that? can you slide that to the starting mark year. that I
2: sent oh you on crying. that video? Ryan I think, uh, check that out again, because it's a pretty long speech there. But uh, we had a starting mark on a couple of those. The, uh, his update on vaccinations and masks starts at the eight-minute mark and then uh, clicks down to the 629, if you could do that one. Let's see. You'll hear him give He's one of the his uh, the world's leading infectious disease
12: experts, and I'm grateful for his willingness to help tackle this challenge. Third thing, today we'll discuss our hospital response efforts. Just, thanks, this since, just since Thanksgiving, oh geez, over 800 <laughs> military and other federal emergency personnel have been deployed to 24 states, tribes, and territories, including over 350 military doctors, nurses, and medics, helping staff the hospitals. See are in if, short if you can supply. get to
2: where he announces a doctor at 2:59, 2, two minutes 59 seconds right. towards the end of it. You got to hear that one.
13: Let's see.
12: Vaccinated. Join the nearly 210 million American people who are vaccinated. Oh, there you go. If you are vaccinated, join the nearly 80 million Americans who have gotten the booster shot with the strongest protection possible. Vaccines are safe, they're free, and they're widely available. So do it today, please, for your sake, the sake of your kids, the sake of the country.
2: Yeah, that'll get them out to do it. Now,
12: I don't like to, uh,
2: uh, you know, uh,
12: outline the next steps we're taking against uh, I'd, I'd like to outline the next steps we're taking against over, on the, the Omicron variant. Vaccinations are obviously the most important thing. It's unbelievable.
2: we got to get where he announces a doctor. we got to find, find that it. one in there. Okay. We'll take a break here. We'll come back. Final segment. Going to give away some tickets and more Joe Biden. Stay with us.
19: Research shows that people remember radio ads with lots of sound effects. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual Insurance company customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need, here are some zany sounds. Saving on home insurance is no laughing matter liberty mutual customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need the money you save could change your life it's time for you to take your insurance choice seriously only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com.
11: liberty liberty, liberty, liberty.
17: we're planning a trip to Spain later this
19: year but our Spanish
17: is uh... <laughs> pretty bad so we're using Babbel
19: Babbel's conversation-based method teaches you real-life words and phrases and with Babbel's interactive bite-sized lessons you'll remember Remember what you learned.
17: There's no easier way to learn another language.
19: Ahora hablamos español.
17: He just said, now he speaks Spanish.
19: Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free. Just go to babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot
18: Gallo here with a special invitation to join
7: us weekday mornings 6 09. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. Coming to Middays with Gerard
0: here on Super Mississippi.
2: Everyone, Super Talk Mississippi middays. Gerard and Will in the Super Talk studios. Will's got some tickets to give away,
3: yes, sir. Three doors down that band you just heard. They are going to be at the Bancorp South Arena in Tupelo on Friday, April 1st. A good Friday concert. How about that? Tickets are on sale at, right now at Ticketmaster.com and also at the Bancorp South Arena box office there in Tupelo. And right now is your chance to win. A pair of tickets to see Three Doors Down and Seether in Tupelo. Be the tenth person to text into the C-SPIRE text line 601-879-4395 with this key phrase to win a pair of tickets. The tenth person to text in the word loser, you're going to (laughs) win.
2: Appreciate that. Well, so wanted to get to before we before we play the short clip of Joe Biden. I just want to answer a couple of questions here on the ceasefire text line. There, there's some confusion about the uh, your Second Amendment rights and the ability to purchase and possess a firearm um, in Mississippi once the medical marijuana program goes into effect. I thought I knew the answer, but I just uh, sent a note to Representative Yancey to confirm. So. Firearms retailers, sellers of firearms, they don't have access to any state information that uh, would store uh, the certification status of a patient, a medical one who is authorized to receive medical marijuana. So th- those two are not connected. Those those retailers do have access to federal systems that they use in performing background checks and, and checking other information. However, as the representative said, there are some questions, I think, very direct questions about whether or not you're using drugs. And so if you said no, but you are, even if it's for medicinal purposes, you essentially would be committing fraud. You would be lying. Um, on your your application there, and that could cause another legal problem for you otherwise. So I just wanted to, wanted to uh, correct that, and that is, that is not something that is done um, at, by a firearms dealer, and that information is maintained at the uh, state, not the federal lever, level. So uh, let's see, Kevin is uh, our friend down in Hattiesburg. Uh, From Baldwin, excuse me, right? Kevin from Baldwin. He's uh, not – I think we do have a Kevin from Hattiesburg. I apologize for that. This is Kevin from Baldwin, and so he's basically saying that if we authorize a medical marijuana program in the state, that 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 would also justify Joe Biden imposing vaccine mandates. I can't connect those dots personally. I think one is forcing, and one is just allowing. Those are really sort of two different concepts, and uh, so I disagree. I-, I do know this. It seems like of late, at least, every time the federal government says this is for your own good and we're trying to protect you, they really hurt you. <laughs> uh, I just don't pay attention to that. All right, Will, can you cue that? Uh, um, here
12: we go. Our federal testing program. I've talked. I've. I've, 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 ta- I've excuse me. I've tapped uh, Dr. Tom. In- I hope I pronounced it. In- 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 Inglesby. Correct. Is that right,
21: Jeff? There you
2: go.
12: <laughs> uh, and, uh, that's good. <laughs> he's one of the world's leading infectious disease experts. And
2: uh, ladies and gentlemen, the president of the United States. I mean, just tapped. Uh, that, that's just <laughs> look. It's on the one hand, it's sad. On the other, it's funny. I mean, you can't help but laugh. And and you're, it's not intended to be mean, but it's disturbing. And he's reading that. He's reading it right. You would have thought that maybe somebody would have kind of coached him a little bit, because it, it, if you have a, a dicey name, I know anytime I have folks coming on and I'm concerned, you know, I, I'll go to uh, Alex or somebody else and say, can you write that out phonetically for yeah. me to make sure, because... I think it was Dale Carnegie that said, the sweetest sound to a human is their name, hearing it stated by another person. And you want to get it right. And that's coming from a person who's had their name pronounced wrong. I
3: spell, I spell your name wrong every day. All the time.
2: And that's fine. I, you know, I just laugh it off. It's no big deal. But um, it, it is important to people, and, it, and it's, um, it's incumbent upon those who are addressing the public, at least, to get names right. I don't bat a thousand on that, and if I don't, I I try to correct that. But here's a situation where it's not okay for the president to get in front of the whole world, and this ain't the first time. He does this on a regular basis, and
3: that is of concern, in my view. And the fact that he's reading it off a teleprompter. You know, President Obama was great at reading stuff off a teleprompter. Now, when he did interviews, if you ever had to edit one of his interviews, and I had to do it several times... It was a lot of uhs and stutters and stuff, but that's when he wasn't on a teleprompter. That was just him talking off the top of his head. Yeah. This is him reading a teleprompter.
2: I know, and that happens all the time. We are out of time here on the show on this Friday. We hope you all have a great weekend. I'll be traveling, uh, weather permitting, up to DeSoto County to address a a political group up there. Look forward to that. In the meantime, Mandy will be filling in on Monday. I think Rhino's going to be back. We appreciate you joining us, as always. Until then, stay safe, and God bless, everyone.